Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ in the heights of heaven. Praise Him, everything on earth. Let every angel praise the name of Jesus Christ. Let every spirit confess that Jesus Christ is Master, Master Ruler of the invisible world, to the glory of God the Father in heaven. It is written. That's a good verse. That every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory, the Shekinah of God, Yadivave, the Father in heaven. And anything in the heart that is calloused or rebellious, religious or obnoxious, let it be circumcised, let it be cut away. The Father is a great vine dresser today and forevermore. He will always be pruning the vines. As you're growing up to Him in heaven, He is a great and perfect gardener. And your hearts, they are the soil. How high the fruit of the Torah of Yadevave grows up in you is all determined to how much you yield inside your hearts and through your minds and through your souls and attitudes and your bones, even divided by the Torah of Yadevave, bone and marrow, cleansed from the bone necromancy of Laban so that you don't have your wages changed at all. But they go from glory to glory, an ever-increasing wage from God the Father who pays liberally all who serve and work for His throne and the throne of His Son, Jesus Christ. As it's written, I am coming with my rewards to give to everyone according to their works. You have not done the works that have pleased me, Sardis. It is written, Jesus Christ, Red Letters, Revelation 3. You have not done any works that have ever pleased me in a hundred years. Why is that important? Because it's true of anyone who has giftings, tongues, interpretation of tongues, healings, miracles, signs, wonders, Christianity, charismania, glory stream mania, the circus show of whatever thing on earth you think is God and Christianity. Listen, judge it all as a circus show. You need to. It's not being a critical spirit or negative whatsoever. It's actually, test all things in fire, it is written. Now what's the fire that tests all things to make sure we're not running around like clowns and jokers of Jezebel's tower, serving a false Jesus, filled with a false Holy Spirit, doing our own will against the will of God the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, and the Jerusalem of the twelve apostles of the Lamb of the twelve tribes of Israel? We're just running around like chickens with our heads cut off, not even knowing the will of God, pretending like we really know, but we don't know. When you know, you have a bag of foreskins to show. Write that in your notes. Write that in the comments. When you know, when you know, First Samuel it is written. When you know, you have a bag of foreskins and membranes to show. If you don't have a bag of foreskins to present to the king in Jerusalem, how many of y'all know the Bible says you don't have a renewed heart, you don't have the mind of Christ, you don't have it. In order to purchase the mind of Christ. I, what does the Bible say? Jesus Christ, red letters, I counsel you to purchase, I said that you may see. 
If you don't see, and you think you see, but you don't see, but you're blind, pitiful, poor, wretched, and naked, it is written. Why? Because you have not purchased the angelic soul of Jesus Christ, whose name in Scripture is what? Angel of Yadevave in the Old Testament, Lord of Hosts, written over 350 times. The most common name for Jesus Christ in Scripture is not Jesus Christ. Proverbs says, does anybody know the name of the Son of God? Can you imagine living in those days where wise men, living on the rungs, practicing Old Testament oral tradition of Moses, they knew the name of the son of Yarevave. That's what it says in Proverbs. That there were very, very wise men in ancient times that knew the name of Jesus. Well, the New Testament says the lamb that's been slain from the foundations of the world, it's before the creation of the angels. That's what Scripture says. But we need a wisdom that is as ancient as those wise men who wrote Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. And we need it in the New Covenant. We need it in the context of the blood, the water, the Spirit, and the teachings of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Now we say, well, I don't follow man, brother. I follow Jesus. I'm not in a blood covenant with an apostle. I'm in a blood covenant with Jesus. Jesus only allowed his apostles to write his teachings. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were written by men. Buckwheat. If you don't read the apostles, you don't even have a New Testament. You don't even have a new covenant. You're lost. You're pagans. Okay? So it's only through men and women that the new covenant exists. Paul, John, every single person in the New Testament says, if you are not obeying and following my teaching, you are to be kicked out of the building, the house, the church, the city. Have nothing to do with these ones that disregard this message. First John says that. Paul says that. Peter says that. So if you disregard the apostolic, you have no place in the messianic kingdom of Jesus Christ. It's not even optional. It's essential for salvation. As it's written, oil that runs down the head of Aaron, down his very beard, filling his robes. And you are his robes if you're submitted to the head, the mouthpiece of Aaron, the high priest, Psalms 133, unity of the brethren. It is written. Psalms 133, unity of the brethren. It is written, the oil comes down the path of lightnings ten weeks. You will see, Nathaniel, apostle of the Lamb. You will see. What am I going to see? I already see. I'm a Jew. I'm good. I go to temple every Saturday. You're telling me you're better than me? He didn't have strife. He didn't have a demon spirit in him. He didn't have an opposition Torah. He wasn't a devil. He says, yes, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. The scriptures only point to you, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you believe so easily. What are you going to do when you see the angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man? Oh, here we go. We're going on an adventure. He got excited. He followed him and gave his life as a martyr. Nathaniel, you will see. He saw, guys, and he gave his life for the vision. Many of you have yet to give your lives for the vision. Therefore, you have not become children of Yarevave, as it's written. I congratulate you children, young men or lads, because you've overcome the evil one. How do they overcome the evil one? Revelation 12 says they overcame the evil one by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and not loving their lives unto death. 
Guys, Torah is death to your animal life, your lower life, your base life, your human life. If you receive the Torah of Yadevav, hey, you forfeit a human life. You have only received the gospel to the measure you have forfeited your human capabilities. Now we say, well, I'm in the marketplace, brother. You're a full-time priest. You have 12 hours a day to read the Bible. Yes, that's true. But remember Bezalel, buckaroo. Bezalel is the first person in the Bible to be mentioned as a wise man. He was a full-time businessman whose craftsmanship has not been rivaled by any man to this present day. He built the gold Ark of the Covenant. He built the temple. Bezalel built the tabernacle of Moses that we still use for teaching purposes to this very day. And we say that we found the Ark of the Covenant under where Jesus Christ was crucified. That's Ron Wyatt. He was an archaeologist in the Middle East and did a lot of archaeology in Jerusalem. And the Temple Mount and where do you think Jesus Christ was crucified, where they take you on the little tours over there in Jerusalem, it's not even close. It's not even close. And so they let Ryan Wyatt go to this place, because it doesn't matter, you know, no one's ever over there. It has nothing to do with Jesus. It's not a sacred site. Well, he thought it was because the side of it looked like a skull, and he was crucified at Golgotha, the place of the skull in Aramaic, Calvary in Greek, Skull Hill in English. That's what it means, where he was crucified, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Messiah of Israel. And he looks at this skull, and he begins to excavate And he gets permission from Jerusalem. He gets permission from Israel and all the authorities in the nation of Israel, the Middle East, right? And goes over there. And he discovers a cave under this hill that looks like a skull. And he goes into the cave. And when he walks into the cave, there was two angels there. And they said, we've been waiting for you. And there was the Goliath sword. And there was the Ark of the Covenant. And he has it. You can do Ron Wyatt on YouTube search, and there's this whole 45-minute right, deal. This whole thing deal. is true. I, I found that on my journey on my way here. I saw all that stuff and found it, and the Spirit <laughs> verified it is totally true. Yeah, you can check Here's it out. Here's the best part of the story. Too. So Israel has the Ark of the Covenant in custody. It's the old covenant art, but it's still created by Bezalel, whom I'm talking to you today, so that the marketplace is equal to you as the priesthood, that the... The Judean is equal to the Levite, the full-time minister, so you can all be holy to the Lord, a holy nation Israel, everyone, a priest and a king living within Jerusalem's walls above, the Israel of God, the Israel of Yadavah, on the rungs of Jacob's ladder, ruling sun, moon, and stars, which is the promise to Abraham, your children will be as the stars of the heavens. Well, what about the sand? Well, that'll be their bodies down below the temples. But they're not going to be based on the below realm. They're going to be entirely anchored in the above realm. How far is up to you? It's really good tea, by the way. Brandon Amen. made the best tea ever. I'm just like in shock and amazement. You want to hear more about the ark? Mm. So they went to the ark. They found a crack and a fissure in the soil that oh, went yeah. up about 20 feet from this cave that was excavated. And they determined that's where Jesus was staked into the ground, and when it earthquaked, according to Scripture, his blood went right down through the crack, about 20 feet, and landed on the Ark of the Covenant, where Jeremiah had buried it 500 years previously in the Babylonian exile. 
so that the blood of Jesus, the Messiah, landed directly on the mercy seat and fulfilled the old covenant when he died on the cross. The blood was still there, and so Ron Wyatt took a blood sample off of the Ark of the Covenant, off of the mercy seat of Bezalel. They brought it to the doctors and the scientists in Israel, the highest level of pharmacy and doctors and scientific community in the universe. They didn't tell them where they found it. They said, I want you to do a DNA sample and test this blood that we have found in our archaeological digs, because you know how much archaeology is going on around Israel. It's just tons everywhere. There's sites everywhere in the Middle East. And so the scientists, they took it into their laboratory. They came back a few months later, and they said, whose blood is this? We did a, a test on this blood, and there was all the chromosomes from the female side, but on the male side, there was only a single chromosome. Whoever's blood this was, was not a human being and did not have a human father. And the blood is still alive. That's what they said. Mm -hmm. And he said, this is the blood of your Messiah, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's a true story. Uh Isn't that awesome? That'll grow your faith. Glory. (laughs) So... What is that? What's the implications today? The whole Old Covenant is fulfilled with Messiah. Now, every promise, the Bible says that when Jesus Christ resurrected, that many saints, hundreds of saints, were resurrected and began to walk around Jerusalem. Oh, yeah, that guy who found that, he was born with the same birthday. He was also born in the same state that I was a resident of. Yep, it's Ron Wyatt, and his website is Wyatt. TheMuseum.com, Ark of the Covenant, if you want to search it on Google. Mm. And it's absolutely true. Yeah. Glory. That's cool. We share a birthday. Of all the things that Jeremiah could have hidden, I thought it was fascinating that he hid. He hid it right there. Well, he hid Goliath's sword with the Ark. I expected the Ark. What I did not expect in archaeological digs is that of all the things of the sacred temple of Israel, the ancient time, Jeremiah chose to lean Goliath's sword onto the Ark of the Covenant. It's like the future generations are going to need them both. Isn't that special? That's really cool. (laughs) Because he knows what what it's going to take to take out the evil one. It's going to take a gigantic cosmic sword of the covenant of Yadavavir. Mm-hmm. It's going to take someone with sapphire stone, stone, star, sapphire stone swords to slaughter the other side. Mm-hmm. Amen. There's resistance, and that's why I'm kind of cutting through it right now as I'm speaking to you about it. Yeah. But that sword is the sword of the heavens. Remember, it was King David who went to the river and took five smooth stones, gathered them in one pouch and release them as one into Satan's forehead. A Nephilim is a devil. Okay, So a giant there. Goliath stands about nine feet, six inches. Um, there were other Nephilim. Uh, Goliath had a brother also in the Philistine camp, and so he wasn't the only giant. And so giants in those days were common. In fact, we have... All kinds of burial mounds in Minnesota and the Ohio River Valley is where they found the most of them. 
and they actually would cart those giant skeletons, some of them up to 36 feet. If you want to study the, the giants of America, and why we have the San Francisco giants, and why the giants are such a thing, but you think it's folk folklore? No, no, we have all the fossils, we have all the bones, we have everything. It's just hidden from you by the Illuminati. Truth, anyhow. It's just hidden by, uh, by the clippus sorcerers of the sons of Satan on purpose to deceive you, to augur you, so you don't understand anything about the invisible world or true history, how mystical it is from the fallen angel corruption of the human bloodlines. Cain's main thing is to deceive you. The structure of deceit is to deceive you so you don't understand anything about actual history of what happened. You just go to school and get brainwashed in your mm -hmm. textbooks and get augured by demons to be a natural thinking Greek, which is a lemming. And they do it on purpose. That was one of the greatest realizations when I got born again at age 18, that everything they ever told me in school was a complete and total fabricated lie on purpose to deceive us. They had taught us Darwinism. They had, every bit of science they had taught us was a complete and total lie. And it's not just... Oh, an accident. That's what the scholars think. In the They're doing it on purpose. Mm -hmm. Is it a global conspiracy? The Bible says mm -hmm. it is. It's a structure of deceit. Satan is the father of lies. And in the end times, he'll be successful in deceiving all nations, it says in Revelation. And so many of those lies are still in you, and you are in absolute denial of how absolutely deceived of Satan you actually are. Humility is a posture that I am willing to be delivered from the lies that I currently believe. Yeah. Stubbornness, hard-heartedness is, I know better than you. You're just here to make money on a YouTube channel. Look at the bling and the gold and the stuff. You don't understand it. You're just making this stuff up to sound fancy. No, it's the truth anyhow. We're doing this to set you free from the father of lies who has a structure of deceit so strong in these days that every single thing you learn growing up buries you in more dust and dirt for snakes, serpents, serpentine wisdom of fallen angels and their sons and daughters to rule over you on purpose of every nation and every tribe and every tongue. You have sorcerers and dogs, my Bible says. Now, you might not understand that, but you're in the midst of it, and all of us come out of being dogs and sorcerers. You can't be saved from anything except sorcery or a temple of a dog. And so you say stuff like that, and the poverty spirit of the religious South goes nuts on you. We're not dogs. We're, the, we're Christians of Jesus Christ. We're the sons of Abraham. No, you're dogs. You're augured by sorcery, and your Christianity is anti-Christ on purpose. Even though most of you are raised in a complete atmosphere of ignorance, it is done on purpose to enslave you. Ask any husband in the South. They know it's a Truth dog activity. Anyhow. How do you know that? I mean, the animal chatter. As soon as they get on the phones with their girlfriends, just... Well, bless their heart and yip, 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 yip. It starts yipping right away. You know, just ask any of the husbands in the, the South. The greatest poverty on earth is where there's the greatest religious Christianity. That's true. Okay? It's you know, true oh, in you know, Kenya. Oh, yeah. It's true in Mexico. It's true in the whole Bible everywhere. Belt. The greatest strongholds of poverty on earth 
are at the same time the most Christian religious places. They have the most churches and the most poverty mm -hmm. every single time, 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. You have to obliterate them both. That's why when Bob Jones said it a hundred times that when the sons of God begin teaching righteousness, you will have to relearn yeah. everything you've ever learned, especially about Jesus, the apostles, and the Bible. The reason why religion causes poverty is... Religion is pride. Religion is just pure pride. And a haughty spirit causes poverty. It's taught in the oral tradition of Moses as well. Rabbinical tradition. For a long time. So where there's religion, there's great pride. And where there's a haughty spirit, there you'll find poverty. So pride and lust are money stealers, destiny thieves, and again it comes down to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And those things, the more you get into them, will produce and reproduce the seed of poverty. And when you have poverty below, it's also poverty above, as in there's not a lot of eternal riches going on. You might find in some cases people have valued the eternal and the external circumstance hasn't caught up or for their lifetime, especially in the church age because there is no canopy covering of Shekinah to protect. You know, you lose everything in this life, but they counted it joy because they had eternal value what this age the difference in this age is the establishment and the erecting of the cosmic temple the rebuilding of the temple that's the shekinah canopy it's also the fortress you have the embattlement of the sun of righteousness and when heaven wants to bless you many prophets in the church age talked about this the packages, the gifts, they come down looking like little presents from the third heavens. But it has to go through the second heavens to get to you. And so people would pray and fast in, in, or elevate themselves in some way through humility to receive it. They would take a lot of prayer, group prayer, individual prayer, really a lot of external discipline, even without the God inside mindedness to try and catch some of those blessings and not lose them. But due to a lack of knowledge of people getting destroyed and getting into religion and religion rebellion, religion rebellion, that's kind of the mark of the church age is the black and white religion rebellion. It's all sin and fornication with demons. So then people were forfeiting their inheritances, destinies, increase, pretty much any of the good stuff that God wanted to give his people. It's been very difficult uh, getting things where they need to be. And so it's just been bar God's people barely getting by and continuing on in sin patterns, not knowing how to change because the only thing that marks God's people is circumcision of heart in the New Testament, in the New Covenant. So where you have a lack of circumcision because it's not taught, they might just talk about it, but no one talks about how to do it. And you notice when anyone who has you know, a religious background or a church background, they come around, 
And when you have got the sword of correction, the sword of the word of God, they hate it. So they hate circumcision. And what you find is most people just calling themselves Christians, it's a bunch of uncircumcised Philistines. Philistines. And who hate circumcision, who hate the word of God. Jesus is the word of God, so they hate God. And they think they love God, but it's an idea about who they think God is, who they want God to be. And that's been the majority of the church age. Now, God's very merciful. He always likes to judge people favorably. He's very compassionate and so to anger. It's his preference that people don't perish. Right? He doesn't like that. That's why the seraphim burn the tablets. That's be because they understand who God is. They know he doesn't want to see that. Or at least the seraphim. Yeah, to burn those tablets of accusation. the seraphim. He doesn't want that stuff brought before him. Like, it's really nice to be praying for one another as a defense attorney. Never pray for someone like an accuser, <laughs> like a, um, what's, not the defense, but the prosecutor. You can't pray as a human being. Yeah, if you're praying as a, like, a, you're sounding like a prosecutor when you pray for someone, you're literally praying witchcraft prayer. God does not delight in your prayer, so he's not going to delight in you. He's not going to be very happy with you. He's not going to find that acceptable. And he's not really going to have any reason to bring increase your way or increase your circumcision, you know, rise on sapphire stones. So the more you increase your witchcraft prayer because of jealousy, envying, wanting what other people have. Religion's the main killer. Fear, paranoia. You're just shooting yourself in the foot. It's like God wants to give you all these nice things, but you quit, won't quit acting like Samael. And he just is not going to have it. He won't put up with that. Serpentine, just kicking dust on people, has no life in it. There's no living water. The water is like it's not polluted. Rewarded. It's slime. God is not a rewarder of those who accuse Apostle the brethren. Apostle Paul says that you know not how to pray, but the Spirit inspires right. you to pray the will of God. <clears throat> Scripture says that a human being does not know how to pray. If you think you know, you're a demon. Right. The Bible says a human being has nothing of the divine nature except what it's received through humility to make room in the heart for the Spirit, the Word, mm -hmm. the water, and the blood of Jesus. And then the Spirit mm -hmm. inspires us from our spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into our spirit and then inspires us how to pray, it is written. So you have to be inspired in order to speak a true word. Truth is not common to men. Psalm says, I said in my astonishment, all men are liars. And if you can't admit your human nature as 100% lies, God can't work with you yet because right. you're not willing to admit even the curse of the fall and consider the heights in which you've fallen because right. your heart is all stony ground. You're defending the human being. God wants to plow the heart and impart his nature until Christ be fully formed in you. It is written, you're not Christ. You're the soil. You're the temple. You're the clay pot. Christ gets formed in you by you making more room in your heart for him. Most people, especially Americans that have everything on a silver platter at a push of a button, and it's just a convenient society. This is true of this, of this culture. You don't have much room for God in your life. And if it's inconvenient to your heart and to your time and to your pleasure and your hedonism, you just, you fight it. You know, well, that's not going to work very good for me. You know what the Holy Spirit today. of God said to me? 
The reason why there's never been persecution on American soil is because the Americans have been the persecutors. That is true. I have known nothing but persecution since starting ministry. That's true. In 2006, they began weeping and gnashing their teeth every single organization I went through. Truth anyhow. The reason why there hasn't been persecution on American soil is because Americans are the persecutors of how much religious pride you have in your hearts. That's thus says the Lord. Is he going to terrorize you for it? He's going to circumcise you for it. You're going to have to become real Christians, circumcised of heart for the first time since the foundations in 1776. Amen. And you know what that means? That God still cares for you. If he didn't care for you, he'd stop trying to circumcise your hearts and make you his own very people. But since the sword is still here, and the prophets of Yarevave are still here telling you the truth, it means that God still loves America. Amen. Amen. The issue is, can we receive the sword upon the selfishness? That's the big deal, guys. The selfishness is so out of control of Jezebel in this generation. There's never been a generation more selfish than this generation, the generation of iniquity. Iniquity is hiding in the heart and never giving your heart to the sword. This is the generation of iniquity. You, not them, not your spouse, not your kids, not the, your enemies. You, me, were the generation of iniquity. Truth anyhow. And until the sword cuts it out of us, we will never know real new covenant Christianity. We've never in a thousand years. But when we acknowledge our sins and our iniquities, then he is careful and delicate as a friend mm -hmm. to circumcise them and cut them away and fill us with his spirit. Amen. That's how it works, you guys. Yes. See, when we are weak, he is strong. When you are strong, you're godless pagans. When you are trying to strengthen yourself and not give up the self-nature, you grow further and further away from the throne of Jesus Christ. What is Jesus Christ? The Lamb in Jerusalem. That's what the Bible says. He is the Lamb inside Jerusalem, Israel. He is the Messiah, the Lamb of Israel. Okay? So what is a Lamb? Something that is so helpless it can't defend itself. Why? Because His Father is His defense. Did Jesus ever defend Himself? Did he ever lift a finger? Did he ever punch anyone in the face? Did he ever use his swords to cut off people's ears? No. Peter did that and Jesus rebuked the hell out of him. You have not the things of God in mind, but of man. And he healed Malchus's ear, the temple servant. Because we have not come to bring that kind of sword. We are perfect pacifists. Christianity is perfect pacifism. The issue is the violence is Psalms 120, I am for peace, Yarevave, Shalom, that's what's written. Shalom. But when I speak, oral tradition, King David Psalms, they are for war. What does that mean? Torah is the sword of Goliath. Thank you, Jeremiah. Torah is our sword. Torah, all worlds up, all sapphire stones up, all your hearts on up through your souls and your minds. Forever. Am I going to arrive someday? No, you're never going to arrive. You're going to continue growing for eternity because your father is a gardener. Mm 
That's a Greek mindset of insanity of Satan. There's no arrival in Christ. It's ever increasing glory. That's what the Bible says. So you can't say, I already know something. You know nothing. He knows everything. You are growing up in him. And the evidence that he's in you is Shekinah light emanating through your hearts, your souls, your minds, and your attitude. And your actions. Your actions will change. Anyone who receives the sword of the Lord in their hearts, they don't smoke crack cocaine anymore. They don't drink alcohol anymore. They don't fornicate and sleep around with men or women anymore. They don't live like animals. They live like holy angels. Why? Because that's the sword of the holy angel of Yadavave, the gospel. Hey, you know what one of the angels just said? What? When you don't have <laughs> actions, you'll have factions. Mm-hmm. Then they have grace abound, and they say, oh, grace abound. You know what that is? It's not grace. It's witchcraft, rebellion. Witchcraft abounds. You know what pagan Christianity does? They have a doctrine that says grace abounds instead of actually works that please them, and they end up being obliterated like the church of Sardis that never did one work in a hundred years of glory, stream, signs, and wonders that pleased Jesus Christ by his own confession. Revelation chapter 3 is written. It's been a hundred years since my apostles have been going through your churches. You have a huge church. There's about 15,000 believers in Sardis. Huge. Christianity was taking over the whole planet in those days. There was 10 million believers in Asia Minor. Okay, 10 million. It's a super mega church. This is not a small house church situation. Timothy's pastoring 100,000 souls. Many of them are lawyers and doctors. Okay, that's what 2 Timothy says. Don't even be intimidated by all the success and the rich trying to bribe you all the time. You're surrounded by the success of the Greeks. But you are just a young man in your 30s. He was only like 30 years old. And he was pastoring under his apostolic father, Paul, 100,000 souls. Church history facts. Don't let anybody be intimidated by your youth. Why? Because his angel was formed. He was an apostle. Timothy is an apostle of the apostle of the Lamb, Paul, one of the pillars of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. eternally, not temporarily, not 2,000 years ago, right now, Amen. today. He never died because you can't die as an angel of Yadavave when you're regenerated by Torah. There's no death in Christ. You just fly away. Just like ancient saints, they said when Polycarp was martyred in the Roman Colosseum, they stabbed him through his heart, and a physical dove flew out of the hole right up to God. They watched the angel of Polycarp fly back to God, and the Caesar was just completely blown out of his mind. You can't kill a Christian. It's true. You can kill your doctrines. You can kill your theology. You can kill your rebellion. You can kill your demons. So that there's silence down in Sheol, in hell, in Duma, in eternal damnation in the lake of fire, and they never speak again. But you can't kill Christ a second time. It is written. Jesus Christ cannot be killed a second time. So if you have his word working in you, that part of you is invincible. As it's written, my righteous ones as bold as a lion, but sinners are afraid in Zion. <laughs> So you have the wicked around the glory of God, familiar with the God they don't even know. They have no reverence. They can't even obey the apostolic. And yet, we're all doing the right thing in our own eyes. Like, who's your judges? You've made yourself judges. You are wicked judges. Psalms 82, the foundations of your lives are out of course. It is written. 
Therefore you've settled for complacent satisfaction in the rungs of Malkut of Asai, the earth buried under serpentine dust in a form of Christianity that Jesus Christ does not even consider Christianity. Truth anyhow. What is Christianity? His oral tradition, revelation of Jesus Christ. Last book in the Bible. Now where is that Christianity of Jesus in the Bible? If you read the Bible, it says it's not on earth. It's on the moon and the sun and the stars. You are in error of satanic fallen angel Christianity to the measure your Christianity is human and earthly, period. You are in truth to the measure your Christianity is the resurrection and the life. Come up here on sun, moon, and stars. So last time I checked, there's about five people on sun, moon, and stars in the entire universe. So you have about five people right now in the universe practicing Jesus Christ's real Christianity according to the New Testament that all y'all read but don't understand. Mm. Truth and error. And those of you on sapphire stones, number one, you're not allowed to die. And number two, you're not allowed to give up and you're not allowed to turn back. You're doing good. Keep it up. Just keep receiving correction. Keep repenting. This is a 10-week repentathon, kind of like a marathon, except not. Okay. The Father's coming in, and He's not going going to allow another generation of earthly iniquity to destroy His purposes on the stars. He created the stars for His government a day and night. Christians are so filled with Satan and the Christian demons that they've settled for earthly iniquity instead of heavenly righteousness. And it's been 2,000 years of this nonsense. I tell you the truth, there will be zero tolerance from now on. We have ended the church age. Truth anyhow. Yeah, that's true. So now the standard is the lowest bare minimum of a real Christian must be on the moon. That is required. Otherwise, you're in the Academy of Youth. It's not like you're damned, although most of you is damned, if you're honest with yourself. And it needs to be circumcised. We get the damned part of hell out of you. The ten worlds of the curse of the fall of all the fallen angels of everyone born again that needs to be circumcised after their conversion. You're born, and then eight days later, you're circumcised. Right? That's what the scripture says. That means you're born again, and afterwards, Mm -hmm. circumcisions begin if you stay in real apostolic Christianity. Grab your notes. Woo! Grab your notes. Let's run write some of this down. Make sure we're make sure we're with it. Make sure we're taking our notes. Inscribing, outscribing, inscribing, writing. He said, you know, your word have I hid or have I written in my heart that I might not sin against you. Right, so that's the purpose. We're writing things down so we can get from that short term memory into that long-term memory, not just to memorize a fact, although remembering the actual information is going to be critical when it comes to certain pieces. If you don't have it in there, how is it written in your heart? There's, you're going to be able to recall it. If, it's not able, if you're not able to recall it in any measure, whether it's in picture form or word form, or you get the whole gist of it, you remember it, then the, when the Holy Spirit reminds you, you're not really going to remember what he's talking about. Right? You put so much Bible in you when you feed. So that way when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you recognize his voice. That's how it works. 
So when you familiarize yourself with these terms, these things again and again, righteousness, sapphire, stones, when the Lord is speaking to you, you're going to have an understanding. You're going to be able to speak the language. God speaks in the language of sapphire stones. Can you imagine marrying someone and not even learning their language at all? Not even a couple of words? Can you, can you imagine that? It doesn't make any sense. I know it's picture language and the storybook time is great, but let's, you want to grow up and be able to have a little conversation, you know? Evidence that you care for him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, I care for you. When you like, oh, I'm really into... You're important, Yarevave. Love God at least more than a womanizer <laughs> in France, okay? Amen. Minimum. Uh, probably love more than that. But what is... What would... Uh, let's say, you know, those the guys, they travel overseas to go be a womanizer and have the false romance. What do they do? They put work in. They take care of their appearance, they brush their hair, women, they do that. They do the little, you know, put it all together, look nice. And if they're really into someone, or they're trying to pick up people in that country, just in, in a sinful way, they will go, they will sign up for the class, they will listen to the audiobooks as they're every day driving to work for three weeks. I'm going over here, I'm gonna find me a man, I'm gonna find me a woman, I'm gonna find me some women, you know, that's why they go there. They'll learn the language just to meet girls and guys. But then they're like, sinners. But they're more devoted to their Satan than you are to God. You're like, nah, I don't need to learn it. You can't just let me how I am. Loyal to a lust demon. But Come do nothing on. for Jesus except grace abounds, grace abounds. I just don't need to do anything because I don't care that much. Really? Come on. Come on. There's no more abounding grace. There's only grace for those whose works please him. That's, That's messianic Ooh, kingdom boy. age realities of Revelation 22. It is written. Mm -hmm. So make that decision today that you're going to care for Jesus at least more than a womanizer overseas. Okay? That's that. Let's at least start there, and then we can work our way up out of the mud pile. And All that's right? really that animal level that's, faith. Yeah. And that's and a lot of Christians are not even at animal level faith. They're at mineral level faith, mm -hmm. where they have zero obedience with the minerals of the earth, which is silver and gold and money. Mm -hmm. Spend at least as much time in Torah as you do in. Insert in the blank here. What are some of those things that There's you know you're There's more loyalty do? to the plants than to Christ, yeah. because they'll buy their coffee, but they won't give $10 to the apostles. Right. Or you'll have a nice, look at your house. How much? What kind of nice furniture do you have in your house? And then look at someone like Shadrach, who has completely given his whole life, comfort, time, he sacrificed all the time with his family, sleep, I mean, providing just the, the motivation and the energy for whole teams, putting together, like, the amount of pressure and then the warfare and the prayer, praying until like, praying sometimes, you know, 12 hours, whatever, it's basically whatever it takes and he doesn't care, he's gonna get it done. Mm -hmm. And set, laying down his life for all of you guys for three years, interceding for healings, interceding for you to go up to the top of the mountain for cosmic righteousness. There've been multiple, I mean, some of you at the sound of my voice, the only reason you're even still here surviving is because you went astray and then I asked Shadrach to pray for you, and then you came back. And that's pretty much how it went. And so we have cases, like some of you are friends with these people, you don't know their whole story, and you enjoy their friendship and the glory, and you have no idea the only reason you even have some of those friends 
is because Shadrach prayed for them to come back and they made it back. So literally you, you owe him your lives. Literally you owe him your lives. But then do you think he deserves a couch less than what you have at your home? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, where is yeah, the insanity? very little honor for the apostles yeah. of this generation it's right now. It's crazy. mostly complete, total Jezebelic yeah. nonsense everywhere. I just... Some of you are really generous. And the, and the truth you. is, there's no... We we're not here to beat up the eternal part of you. But every part of you that's not eternal needs to be scourged, which is completely, not just mm-hmm. beaten, killed into hell. Right, this, if you came for patty cake, just make you feel better, sugarcoat and lie to you. <laughs> there's stuff there's in you that is, is so satanic that when the word comes forth, you have to bring it into that word and it will be sliced yep. off of you. The problem with you people is you don't allow the sword to cut that stuff off of you that God wants circumcised off of you. I've been preaching a similar gospel since 2006. And it's been 99% hard-heartedness amongst mm-hmm. literally up to 70 five million listener, listeners mm-hmm. even in one month that's the most we've ever done in this ministry 75 million souls in 30 days in uh, july of 2018 so we actually have about 250 less viewers now than i did have watching live in 2008 on uh, back then it was ustream i'd have 250 live viewers on ustream in 2008. Now we have about 50, 55. The reason for that is because how much iniquity is in people's hearts against the true prophetic, which is what? Samuel with the sword killing the Agog, the king, which is circumcising the wickedness of the selfishness of religion and pride in this wicked generation. Everyone is a defender of self. I mean, the more you tell the truth, the more they hate you and the more they consider you the enemy. That's a people fathered by the father of lies. If my love increases for you, will your hatred increase for me? That's not me speaking, that's the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians. If my love has increased for you, which is the fervency of the flashing sword of the Garden of Eden, Torah, Torah, the word that created the heavens and the earth. If that love intensifies towards you, do you hate me more because you cling to the fallen nature? Yeah, it's just, you have to understand, everyone is coming out of the curse of the fall. So just look at the inside of you. There are a lot of things you've changed in the last couple of years, especially walking with Red Letter Ministries. You have some good fruit. So those look at those places of good fruit. You wanna keep the good fruit. All the other stuff, that's just going away. It's really easy to get caught up in the moment and react. You know that we talked about the reactionary part of the brain. That's when you're not going to make sense of anything. You're just reacting. So when you hear the truth, don't just go into the reactionary part of the brain. You just breathe in. Oh, he's literally just telling me to take out my trash. Breathe in. It's just trash. It's Elijah not me. Elijah is so intense We're separating with you. The trash and, and that away. intensity yeah. is the intensity of Torah. If you have any idea in your human brain that love is something other than Torah, that's where Satan is still fathering you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is one thing, if you read the Bible, the Word of God, the Torah of Yadivave. When Elijah comes, and Elijah does all the circumcisions of mineral, plant, animal, human being, of all the rungs of Malkut that all of you are on right now in this room, and 99% of you watching online. When Elijah comes to you with the Torah which is the sword of Jesus Christ. 
He's not coming as an enemy unless you reject Torah, which is the gospel, the eternal gospel. You're not his enemies. He, he likes you. You are participating in salvation to the measure you receive Elijah's sword. The spirit of Elijah restores the hearts of the children to the Father in heaven, it is written. How does Elijah restore the children to the Father? Through circumcision. Every Jewish circumcision for thousands of years, 4,000 years, has a 3,500, 3,400 years, will have a chair, 2,400, whatever, many, 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 many millennia, will have a chair in the circumcision for Elijah. Why? Because it is completely sound doctrine understood in every synagogue since the beginning of time that Elijah does the circumcising. Otherwise, you have no potential of going into heaven to have any inheritance with Jacob, Isaac, or Abraham. And that's Brandon's mantle, so you got to respect the mantle. If you can't respect the mantle of the apostle, you don't have a place on the apostleship. And you have to respect the sword of Elijah. So, it's the Elijah mantle, and it's the sword. Now, the sword itself is God. Okay? Elijah's not God. He's a servant and a friend of God. I'm not God. I'm a servant and I'm a friend of Yadivave. To the measure I'm faithful with the sword, the tools he's equipped me with. Same with all of you. You're called to be friends. Bob Jones said the highest calling in life is to become God's friend. To his friends he gives secrets, but to rebels, ever hearing, never understanding, never seeing, never perceiving. I don't understand. Can you just explain this to me? We've had people for five, ten years that still don't understand anything Elijah's ever said to them. (laughs) Why? Because they've never allowed one circumcision upon their stony heart. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, that's why we got the notes up. Go ahead and grab your pen, the pen of a ready writer. They're still around, though, aren't they? All right. And there's still hope for you if you're still listening to the sword, because the sword never yeah. changes. It always guards Eden. You'll be You can okay. receive it. It's not going to be that bad. It's just, <laughs> it's mostly just an illusion, because the shadow is dying. If you get so caught up, and that's my identity, and you're like, no, 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 honey, that's the trash. Yeah, I'm a pirate, or uh, okay. I'm, a, I'm a gangster culture, uh, you know, yeah. all these different cultures you cling to in the natural dimension, they all have to be circumcised. Yeah. You have to be angelic culture. The culture of yeah. Elijah is the only thing that can save you from earth to the moon. That's true. All right, so let's go ahead and add this to our notes. The only evidence... That you have any humility is circumcision. Truth in you. So the only evidence that you have any humility is circumcision. More circumcision means more humility. You need to have more humility to be able to attain more circumcision. It takes humility and love the attributes of God, humility, love, the fear of the Lord, all the way up the sapphire stones. So each next rung is going to require more humility, which is great. Don't think of it in terms of being humiliated. Oh. Remember, what did Andrew, Andrew Murray has such a great uh, book on this. <laughs> humility by Andrew Murray, or uh, in the School of Prayer, with Christ in the School of Prayer. Can I quote something from that? Oh, yeah. Andrew Murray, mm-hmm. book is called Humility. He says, Satan is all pride and the lamb jesus christ is all humility and humility only is imparted 
through the circumcisions of That's the really heart. Good. Satan is all pride. He has no humility. He cannot be humble. But Jesus Christ is all humility. It's not an attribute. It's the Lamb nature. That is so good. It's God Himself. God mm. is humility. A quote I really love from him in there is that it is truly grace that humbles more than a fall from sin. So when you're coming out of that Jezebelic charismatic uh, witchcraft, a lot of the brainwashing under Jezebel's tower is trying to humble you. I'm going to humble you. You're going to humble each other through humiliation. Mm. And so that's it's just cult-like satanic behavior where you when you think well they that's why when someone starts to get lifted up out of the mire out of the mud and then they get a little blessing everyone kind of turns and you start to look at them and be like well they just need to be humbled a lot of them stop you giving know? at that point when they see blessing or any mm -hmm. form of prosperity they just get so that's evidence of satanic cult-like behavior of the tower of jezebel which is religion which is satanic pride and what that is is wanting to humiliate others as a punishment when you can detect any amount of pride in them. Here's, here's the thing. We're going up. <laughs> yeah. Human punishment is always crucify him, crucify him activity. Yeah. And you let Barabbas go free, the thief. So take a look at the chart here. Let's say someone is really brave and they're making their first steps. You know, one uh, Kill small, Barabbas. One small <laughs> step for man, one... <laughs> Large step for crucify Barabbas, the new creation. Let Jesus go free. Let's yeah. Go. So let's say <laughs> let's say we're down. Let's say we're all down on Malkut, just chilling in the dust and on the dirt and the rocks and the animals. <laughs> just a normal day in Christianity, and somebody's starting to go up to the moon, and then God's really rewarding them, and they get a brand new like. And they start getting more rewards than anyone you've ever seen get to the moon. A because it took car. them because they, they struggled so hard to get there. God just wants to bless their socks off because he saw how hard it was for them. And it seemed harder for them. You know, it was just a really difficult time and they really struggled, but they overcame. And now he's pouring them outfits, money, raises, a new job, a new car, peace in their home with their spouse when it's your friend you've been talking to on the phone and they've just been having a hard time with their spouse and you can relate on that. Now you can't relate anymore. Now your friend is bawling out of control. Look at no fear, No fear for finances. No fear for the future. They can't even complain on the phone with you about their home life anymore because it's great. It's going great. Everyone's doing great. Everything's just happy. You've got a vacation. got extra paid time off. I'm gone for like three weeks. It's a miracle Hollywood and you are overworked. Burnt out, tired, can't even hardly overcome one sin, fighting at home. How am I falling? You fell off the moon three times already, and you're about ready to give up. Now, what is going to be the temptation in that person's shoes? Oh, yeah. Okay, can you see it? Jealousy, I'm telling you, start. Envy, strife, you got to think murder. like a demon. You got to see. All of a sudden, they they're just, trying the to devil it swells up at them. It's not fair. <laughs> Kill them and give their money to the poor. The Robin Hood principality. <clears throat> when they start praying for them to slow down and wait for you so you can catch They're up with them. They're riding on Wall Street. Oh, Lord, don't let them get too far ahead of me so I, um, they'll be so advanced and <clears throat> I'll just be left behind in the dust. The next thing you know, it's Adolf Hitler killing the Jews because they have all the money in Europe. 
It's the same spirit. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. Why would you mind? But then you notice when you ask them, oh, hey, how's it going? Okay, now you're trying to humble yourself, trying to humble yourself. All right, I'm going to try and be a good friend. I'm going to try to do the right thing. And then they have one little thing. And when they're trying to say about what God bless them, you can detect all of a sudden in a little air of pride. They're, yep, I've been so diligent in my Torah study. I I did it. I've done it. It's I did it. I'm so proud of myself Start for finally doing out it. Specks in the prophet's eyes. <laughs> now, it's really easy to see that pride. You're like, I know there's pride there. Look, God, how could you give them a new car? I'm way more humble than that. I'm sure of it. No. Okay, this is how this is how the demons work. You gotta Amen. understand. Amen. So what happens is they try to make you bitter and angry. Yep. And now you're praying. Well, guess what? You're pointing out a fault, Bitterness and you're accusing is the house them in prayer. Hell. Now you're a Satan. You're actually on the Satan side. Now you're outside of the kingdom because why? You agreed with that thought of jealousy and being upset with them and saying, but they're, they're full of pride. They're full of pride. What's Jesus saying? I'm calling you higher. Uh, look, come up here. There's a door. Come up the south. Carry your stones. own cross, Buckley. Yeah. So if you what have you a doing? cross. Looking around, acting like a clown, ending up with a frown. Now let's look at somebody who's in a higher world above that person. Can they see the pride? Oh yeah, more clearly than you could see, down to the actual detail where the scalpel should actually go. And not, you would throw out the baby with the bathwater and kill somebody while you're already accusing them in your prayer closet before the Satan. Let the wheat grow up with the tears, lest they harm the wheat. And now instead of you going up to the moon, now you're back in Black Malkut where you started because you can't be happy for anybody. Don't be a bitter mango. Mm. Yeah. Be, be happy for somebody else's breakthrough and understand even if they tell you with pride or a little bit of emotional pride or something that doesn't matter they just gave you a gift they shared their breakthrough with you they be Gr grateful listen this is how grace abounds mm -hmm. anyone making progress in the ladder yeah. of righteousness yep but if you're not even towards that ladder the lamb in jerusalem and all the the rungs up to the throne of god 10 weeks if you're not making progress for that you have no grace but grace right. is the children's bread who are making progress in the circumcisions mm -hmm. of the angels. And so, and that's the difference. The person who is up on a higher rung, who's looking down on that person down on the moon, could be like, okay, yeah, you can see there's, there's here and this is over their head. This is what God, but this is what God's dealing with them just for the day. Actually, for the all today, the Lord's only saying, celebrate and rejoice in the increase. Because they're going to need to have that fun and enjoy the increase. And then start the next day. Here's the next animal sacrifice. Here's the next part of the foreskin you're going to be cutting away. And then they'll, they'll hear that from the, from God on their own. But then if they start to struggle, we usually get an angelic notification uh, to post or preach because it's usually, you know, applicable for the whole body of Christ, not just for one or two people. That's why we do it in this format. But when you go up, you've got a better view. So someone on the higher rung might notice the same pride that irritated you, but it's not doesn't really bother them. You just see accurately. You could just see, okay, well, this is the good, and this is the ugly, and this is everything in between, but this is just what God is having them work on right now. And kingdom mindset, yeah. encouraging every soldier <laughs> yeah. in that messianic kingdom, because anyone that's on those rungs is destroying all of hell and adding everything under the messianic kingdom. And they have trust in the throne of the Lamb in Jerusalem that every soldier will get a huge reward. Or then you'll see someone gets a breakthrough and everyone below is kind of like, oh, wow, amazing, awesome, and people are doing well. But then from a higher rung, you can kind of see, well, it's mainly just mostly 
prideful uh, posting and teaching, and but you're not bothered by it. But you just say, all right, let's just be prepared to deal with the repercussions when they come back with the wounds, right? So you just, is, if, is it time to intervene? If they can't, if you look ahead into the future and you can see that they, they won't respond to the correction, uh, what you can do is prepare the healing balm for when they come back from getting hurt. Mm. And so that's what you do. You just plan for that. And then about a week later, they come back. Oh, my gosh, why is this happening? It's so horrible. And you're like, yep, that happened about last week. This is about the right timing. And then just he first heal the wounds, get them in the medic, uh, and then take care of that. And then as they can receive and soften their heart for revelation, you can bring the correction to where meet them or that what they can receive. But so, you can't heal rebellion. Exactly. You can only cut it out of a person's exactly. heart. You can't heal it. It's terminal. That's why pride is so dangerous because when you get into the pride, Cut it out. when you get prideful from a breakthrough and then about a week later or however many days later or months later, whatever the timing is, the demonic timing that they're doing, when you go out and you get hurt because of that pride, when you come back with wounds and then the apostles are there standing with a sword or a scalpel, you're going to be less likely to receive the correction. So you've actually hurt yourself doubly. So now you're going to be sore from the enemy and sore from circumcision. It's better if you're just going to be sore from circumcision, yep. right? A blow from a friend you can trust. That's mm. the apostles are going to tell you the truth. It might hurt. That's it might what be uncomfortable, true love is. right? And so that's why we're patience. As you're going to be helping others, right? You're you're getting help now. In the future, you'll as you go up sapphire stones, you're going to help others. You're going to help a lot. This isn't just about you. Think about you helping hundreds of other people. It's bigger than you. So get out of that selfishness box and me, me, me. It's not just about you struggling. It's about God doing a great work in you to where you can have compassion. So when these hundreds of people come, thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people are swarming in mm. and they're all going through different variations of the Seeking same things that you're going through now. They will come. You'll be able to help them. So God's preparing you for a greater work. So when this is going on and you're struggling, remember... There are hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people that are going to need help with exactly what I'm going through. So you're going to go through the process. You're in process. God's not getting rid of you. You self-select yourself to go out with the trash when you cling to the trash. That's right. If you have a toddler or a kid or some family member and you notice that they've accumulated so much stuff. Have you ever seen an episode of Hoarders? You're like, well, no, my house looks like that. No, it's fine. You know, you're going to get delivered. But mm -hmm. when they want to take out the trash, why is it an extreme demonic situation when it's at hoarding level? Mm -hmm. They're attached to the things. Mm -hmm. So they can't throw anything away. So they end up living in just like mm -hmm. squalor. Mm -hmm. That's what your soul looks like when you won't let go of the trash. So... You've got to clean your home. Cleaning your house externally is a great prophetic act in the glory. Is it time to purge? Is there some stuff? Oh, well, my Big auntie so-and-so gave this to me. Trash. You're going to purge ten worlds out of your hearts. Yeah. So when you do little things like that, it's your own little, you can be your own little way of praying and saying, I'm ready to let go. Right? Maybe you've got a couple of giant trash bags piled up of different stuff that it's old seasons it's old charismatic stuff that had so much mixture it's not even acceptable anymore in righteousness and it's just time to take out 
the trash. I want to expose also it. the ones that don't take out the trash are the seventh church of Revelation 3, the church of Laodicea. The eighth church of Revelation 4.1 are those living on sapphire stones, cosmic Jews, with all the circumcisions and the promises of Israel eternally, and that's already begun. But the seventh church is the most diabolical. If you read the Bible, you know that. It's the church of Laodicea, the church of the lukewarm. It's the church of false love. It's the church of iniquity. It's the church all of us come out of in this generation. What makes it so exceedingly diabolical is they have all the things of God, but reject the circumcisions of the heart. Mm. That's what lukewarmness is. That church had everything. They had John's teaching. All 12 apostles of the Lamb regulated these churches on itinerant ministry paths. So they would hear the best teachings all the time. Okay, These are the ones that walked with Jesus, slept on his heart. They would be there regularly. But they had no circumcision. The church of Laodicea rejected the sword and just wanted all of the Christian stuff added under their soul without the soul of Jesus getting formed in them. That is the pinnacle of Antichrist. If you are in that church, the sword is your enemy. You notice they don't come to Joel's bar anymore. You notice they don't watch anymore. All they do is give each other gifts, encourage the foreskins, encourage the membrane, encourage each other's iniquity-filled hearts. They encourage the human nature. They encourage the human being. That, my friends, is the whore of Babylon that gets obliterated in this generation. That's what all of us are coming out of. The church of false love is the seventh church of Laodicea that is anti-sword of the spirit against the foreskins of the heart. So not a single leader in that cult of the seventh church of Laodicea has a circumcision of heart. They are against that. They will call that heresy. They'll call that beating up the saints. They'll call it every name in the book. All of their teachings and doctrines are from devils. Truth anyhow. So that's why you have such a mixture here as some of you come into the Messianic kingdom of Jesus Christ and receive circumcisions of heart, but you're surrounded by the seventh church of Laodicea. The whole earth right now in all Christianity is the seventh church. You need to know the times and the seasons that you're in because you'll deal with this in every family member. You'll deal with this in your spouse and every relationship, every Christian every tongue-speaking saint, you'll deal with this in everyone. It's a global, universal phenomena. Now, the issue is, those that receive the circumcisions begin to see clearly and encourage others to get cut in the heart and begin to discover how Shekinah works, how the, how the path of lightnings work, how righteousness works, how the sword of the Spirit heals us. It's not hurting us. It's hurting the diabolical part of us. It's hurting hell. It's hurting demons. It's hurting religion. It's hurting pride. It's hurting lust. It's hurting sin. Hurting sin is righteousness. I have hated wickedness and loved righteousness. Therefore, God has anointed me. It is written. So you can only be anointed to the measure 
You hate the foreskins and the membranes mm. in your own hearts, yes. not in not others. others. Yeah. Not just the ones that annoy you, that make you manifest and weep and gnash your teeth. I was walking to Joel's bar today to get in the car to, to drive here. And the person behind mm-hmm. me, I'd never seen this level of demon possession before in my life. And you know, we've seen it all. I'd drive demons out of people every single day for years sometimes. I'd never seen this level of wickedness. This person behind me was completely taken over. I could hear the growling, Mm -hmm. and I turned behind me, and his teeth are sticking out like a werewolf and a vampire. That was walking to my car to drive to Joel's bar. That's how desperate Satan is just to auger, jump inside a sinner, and begin to follow me like a vampire down the hallway. I look behind me, and the teeth are coming out like this. There's not even a human being left in that soul. Full principality possession today. I've had human beings spin their heads in a 180 direction while I'm at Hard Times Cafe, Cedar Riverside, in Little Mogadishu in the West Bank of Minneapolis, demon-possessed occultists whose heads would be like an owl and go 180 degrees and speak to me in demonic tongues while the human being's eyes are rolled in the back of their head flashing whites. This kind of stuff happens all the time in third world nations where the demons don't hide, but you haven't seen too much of it in first world nations because the faith is so small for the invisible and supernatural dimensions. I tell you the truth, all of it's going to be revealed. First world nations are the most augured nations by the most powerful sorcerers and augurs like Laban in the entire world. Wherever you find the greatest amount of money and power, there you'll find right now the greatest measurements of fallen angel secret society sorcery. Washington, Mm D.C., New York City, London, England, Paris, France. Let's go on. Beijing, China. Moscow, Russia. Mexico City, Mexico. Every single city and every single nation has professional trained sorcerers. This is not going out into the woods and practicing a seance with fairy spirits. This ain't Wicca. This is people that learn on altars of fallen angels. This is Freemasonry. This is secret society of every nation activity learning Klippeth Kabbalah with altars to fallen angels that don't reveal themselves to anyone unless you've taken oaths to secret societies. Skull and crossbones, Yale. All these wicked warlocks and these clippers of the Klippeth in sorcery and Freemasonry of all first world nations, they have secret vows. They have vows to the fallen angels. And if they break their vows, their very vows that they've made to learn Klippeth sorcery, Klippeth Kabbalah, thieves of Jacob's rungs, how they're so high in the heavens and how they have so much power and control over the earth because they were lifted up in the heavens by the teachings of the fallen angels. These are the days of Noah. What are the days of Noah? Where all the rungs of sun, moon, and stars of Enoch are washed clean from the sorcerers Practicing Klippeth Kabbalah. They were practicing sorcery in the days of Noah. Jesus Christ said, my second coming will be the termination of the same exact sorcery, but I'm not going to do it with physical waters. I'm going to do it with the waters of Revelation chapter 22 that flow from the throne of the Lamb of God in Jerusalem. And they will be obliterated. 
no witch or warlock shall practice any rung higher than the earth. They're all going to go to the earth. Problem is, on the earth is where you have 99% of Christianity. So what is written? Pharaoh drove them to Yarevave. Pharaoh will drive all of the Christians, and even people come out of Islam and Buddhism and every other religion, uh, Judaism, all religions of the world. Pharaoh, Satan, all the fallen angels, when they're cleansed from the rungs and thrown down to the earth, they will drive them into true Messianic Judaism. And they'll begin to love the teachings of righteousness. They'll begin to love the rungs. They'll begin to love the real apostles that will teach you how to go cosmic from earth to moon. Because only those standing on the moon and the sun and the stars will be saved in these days. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth for Satan and his angels are thrown down to you. Blessed, rejoice exceedingly, you who live in the heavens. Revelation 12.12 it is written, you who live in the stars. You who live in the rungs of Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, Messianic Kabbalah. Amen. And the ones that don't live on the stars, woe to you. You have sided with an earthly party in an opposition gospel. You'll be terminated with your demon gods because Yadavave, Jesus Christ, Messiah King, maker of heaven and earth, is not your Jesus Christ. Your Jesus Christ is a demon you've constructed in your culture, a clay vessel, an image, usually a serpent, a serpent image. All sorcery is serpentine. All ten forms of Laban's witchcraft and divination and necromancy and augury is through serpentine wisdom of Samael and all those snakes, those fallen seraphim that taught all the wicked, the ways of the magic arts of how to practice the sun and the moon and the star. And when they begin to be taught the ways and the paths of the moon and the sun and the star, their cry rose up to God in heaven, and men perished on account of it. Well, why did men perish on account of the path of the moon? First Enoch, it is written. Why were they crying out to Yadevave, Jesus Christ, the throne of the Son of Man in heaven, on account of the sorceries taught of the fallen angels in First Enoch? That doesn't seem so bad. They're just teaching like a weather system. They were teaching them how to augur. How to possess with demon spirits. How to possess with evil spirits. And they had no defense system of the blood of Jesus or faith or gospel or Torah. There was no Torah in those ancient uh, systems. Okay, It was Enoch and righteousness. And it was just the oral tradition of Adam and Seth. Okay? and Mahalalel, and, and Jared. And they had just the ancient tradition of the wisdom of Adam passed down to them. And it was oral. Okay? So now you need to understand all the other side of Cain's family and the rebel family of the ancient times. They were all getting taught by the fallen angels sorcery, which was Kabbalah. But it's Klippeth Kabbalah. The righteousness that Enoch practiced, to whom God gave the Kabbalah circles, rose a standard and it was passed down all the way to Noah, and he raised a standard of Kabbalah, sapphire stones, righteousness, it says in Hebrews 11, and drowned the ancient world. He washed those rungs. Was it only the earth washed? No. All ten worlds in ten weeks were washed of Enoch's ten worlds of first Enoch. All the rungs were washed. All the stars were washed. All the sun was washed. And all the moon was washed. That's what the sign of the rainbow, the Shekinah glory, actually is, and the white dove from Noah's Ark. 
as we've just cleansed all the sorcery of all the rungs of moon, sun, and stars, now we start over with Noah's teaching and discipleship of Shem, and then Shem discipled Abraham, Abraham discipled Isaac, Isaac discipled Jacob, Jacob discipled the twelve tribes, and the twelve tribes, and Joseph went into Egypt, they had the Goshen and the Promised Land, and they came out of exile, and they took Joseph's bones with them, and they brought him into Zion, gave instruction of his bones, that record recorded in the bones of what belongs to the holy family of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the twelve tribes. Guess what that is? Moon and sun and stars. And then Moses came and wrote it down. That's what Torah is. Torah is not a made-up law just to beat up and offend Christians now with their greasy grace bullcrap. Torah was the actual mapping of moon, sun, and stars in written form. Truth anyhow. Genesis 1, read the Torah. It's the mapping out in, in word form of sun, moon, and stars that belong to the Jews. As it's written, salvation is from the Jews. Why? Because the angels gave them sun, moon, and stars, Torah, Mount Sinai, the very creation story you read in your Bibles, and how to rule by government of day, how to rule by government of night. Isn't that what Genesis 1 says? Or do Christians not have any Torah? Torah says that the Jews were given the government of day and the government of night. Genesis 1. Now, that's why we need to become cosmic Jews. Otherwise, you have zero actual promises or inheritance because all the heavens were given to these patriarchs. And they are your fathers if you are in faith towards the Messiah, Jesus Christ. You are the children of Abraham through the faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians says it. It's important because to them belongs all the promises. And if we don't go into those promises, we'll be practicing earthly Christianity in these days, getting augured by Christian witchcraft, and you'll wonder why you'll die from all kinds of diseases and fear and paranoia, and their hearts will fail because of fear, it is written. Well, there's no fear in love, for perfect love casts out fear. Guess what perfect love actually is? The circling sword of Torah, cutting out the human being from the heart and the mind and the bones and the marrow. So there's nothing in you when Satan comes, and he's coming, that belongs to him. And your blood of Jesus, BS, is not just pleading the blood and you're putting oil all over your house like a crazy person that needs to be locked up in a mental institute. You're actually filled with the flashing sword that stands up to that demon spirit and decapitates it. And it goes down into lake of fire and is no more because the sword works the same today as it did then. What is the sword? Jesus Christ, the Torah of Yadevave, it is written, the Word of God. The same yesterday, today, and forever. In the beginning, Bereshit, what? Torah. Bereshit, Torah, Yadevave. John 1 1, it is written. Genesis 1 1, John 1 1, as one. That's why you have the 12 apostles of the Lamb and the 12 tribes of Israel as one city, Jerusalem above. And you are its citizens if that word, Torah, is working in your hearts through circumcisions. So we make more room for the sword of the Lord. Amen? Amen. That's the Goliath sword of Jeremiah of the Ark of the Covenant. That's why it was there. not you hacking around (laughs) off of other people's body parts and attacking them. 
with the sword like a hunter, that's, uh, you're sacrificing of your self-nature. And you're receiving the sword. Mm. So sexual purity is how you get the sword. First, sexual purity, right? That's how you get on the moon. And then you merit through charity and sexual purity as you conquer the rungs into the sun. And then you can receive... That's your first real cosmic sword is when you get into the sun. Oh, yes. <laughs> Zoe's sword upgrades. So until the then, you're in the Academy of Youth being mm -hmm. trained in the Torah of Yadavave. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. There's no better place. You're in nursery. I don't care if you're 175 years old. If you're on the earth, you're a suckling. But you're suckling the bottle of Torah, and you can grow up to live on the moon. Revelation 12:1. it is written. In the future, they'll grow up on the stars. That's a promise in the Psalms. These ones were born and raised in Zion. It won't be an earthly Christianity. It'll be a messianic Kingdom Age Christianity of Bob Jones' last prophecy on God TV. My generation was the Stone Age. Your generation called to live on the stars. Live on the stars. How do we live on the stars? Torah. Torah. Restore the ancient path. What ancient path? The path of living on the moon. The path of living on the sun. The path of the holy angels. You will see, Nathaniel, angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. If your eyes are on the Son of Man, you'll go up the same path of the Son of Man who ascended to the Father. If your eyes are on anything else in these days, distracted by world events, distracted by false religious filth everywhere. Oh, yeah. Or there's like people with a black chaya <laughs> in absolute doing politics. And harvesting souls out there. With Keep all your care. eyes fixed Charisma. on the rung where you're at, most of you in the center of the earth. But then look at the next rung. It's not to be discouraged there. It's not to condemn you. It's to save you and to be accurate with where your heart's at. I know 99% of you don't have mineral level circumcision right. because only like 5% of our viewers are tithers right now. I mean, that's 95% disobedience and rebellion at the, at the lowest mineral level of circumcision. And the average in the charismatic church is 3% of charismatic speaking in tongues Christians tithe in the USA. So we're higher than the national average because we do have a much stricter teaching. But mm -hmm. it's still atrocious. The level of uncircumcision inside the human beings' hearts who say they love Jesus mm -hmm. but hate his sword. Right, think about it. If you're not a tither and you're watching this, you gotta ask yourself, is it really okay? Think about it in this terms. You take, 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 and you never give. Right? Have you ever had any of those friendships where they're always calling on you for Type help me. Type in the me. comments, truth and help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. But then if you need one thing, they're not available. They won't help. There's just, you know, it's only one-sided. And so when it comes to your just like take, take, take. What do you mean? I'm just watching it for free on YouTube. Do you mm. understand how much self-sacrifice goes in to conquering worlds? People are going up and they're finding that maybe a little bit more challenging at first than they were thinking, or you get the hang of it, and now you're doing all right. Most people but, tip more to their yeah. restaurants than they do to the prophets saving their souls from hell. So eternal riches. So when the old heavens and the old earth is discarded, what I've got, what Brandon's got of eternal riches, that doesn't get rolled up and thrown away. Do you understand? That's forever. That's eternal value. 
that's something of substance that will literally be golden forever. It'll be gemstone forever. It'll be priceless treasures forever. That's riches forever. Not just a little bit of time right now in the flesh. Forever. I mean, Jesus' blood, which was so precious and priceless, he paid for these rungs. Like, all of the Gevrot, the Gevra of each rung, they're giant rubies. They're planetary-sized giant rubies. And so when someone pays the price to walk in that, self-sacrifice, leaving behind the old life to follow Christ and to put to death the flesh, put to death the nefesh, and then walk in the way and then release it and teach it and give it so freely. We're like, freely we've received, so freely we're giving. But what does it cost you? And God's not asking much. 10% is not asking much for that. So you have to understand when you're take, 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 you're not just taking worthless things. If you don't tithe, I know that you think this is not worth anything. It's just entertainment for you or whatever, you know. Maybe you're just a demonic assignment and eventually when the demons don't feel like using you anymore, things will go horrible for you all of a sudden. You won't understand why. It happens all the time. Yep. So how do I know if you're not tithing, you think this is worthless. You might as well just go do something else with your life. There's no classroom. There's no point. Of any right. university in the country where you can go and they're not going to charge you for credits. Because the paying for the credit shows that you value the teaching mm -hmm. and the potential of the degree. If you don't value the teaching and the potential of the degree of Shekinah mm -hmm. glory, your heart was never involved in the ministry at all. Right. It's just fake. So, you know, it just it is what it is. But so those who are not tithers, they don't actually value. They're just taking up space, probably hosting demons and evil. blocking others from evil entering. People. Yeah. James chapter 5 yeah. says these ones that rob God in the new covenant yeah. are pigs fattened for slaughter. Right, because if you're not tithing, you have zero chance of going up even one rung. And what is a pig in Jewish culture? A temple of hell 100% of the time. Yep. A person that is not a consistent giver to the works of the apostles advancing the Father's will on earth when it's clear to them, when it's mm -hmm. preached and the Torah comes forth and begins to circumcise the heart and the mind, first and foremost, they'll have to harden their heart and disregard all the things that God's saying. Then they stand as a spectator, like those that watched John the Baptist and his disciples, and they just hurled insults at him. They never j jumped in to help. They never advanced the kingdom. They were only critics. Mm -hmm. Every single one of those people is burning in eternal hell with Satan right now. Yeah. And so will be those ones today that are critics of what the Holy Spirit's doing. This is life and death. And if you think it's anything less, you have no wisdom. The fear of Yadevave is the beginning of wisdom. A true prophet puts life and death before your face every word. And if it's this soft, Warm hug of false love. Come in and just have Philistine fellowship. There's no swords here. This is a safe place. It's not it's safe not for safe demons. demons. It's not safe for sin. It's not safe for the Laodicean church of lukewarmness of false love of the Tower of Jezebel. Are you any threat to hell whatsoever? That's what you need to ask yourself. How big is the sword? The measure you've been circumcised. That's the working of Torah of Yadevave. That's the size of your threat 
to the kingdom of Satan today. That's your rank in the armies of the living God right now. We want all of you to excel and ascend in rank. Angelic rank. The hierarchy of the angel rungs. That's how it works. Each rung is a higher rank of the hierarchy and caste system of the eternal angels of Jesus Christ. Trozenia, Lord of hosts. I think you know. That's his name. Lord of angel armies. Come on. Now, can you ascend through the same obedience that the angels ascend and descend? That's where you lose people. No, I don't. Well, your heart has the potential. You go and walk around the mountain, practice the human being filth another 10 years with no rewards. You might not even make it. You might die in a car accident. You're not promised protection if you're rebellious. The only protection is if you're doing the will of God. And then you are protected. If you're in God's perfect will, you're in the eye of the storm, you will have perfect peace for those who love Him. My righteous one is as bold as a lion. But if you're around the, the storm, you might get picked off just by being around those that are radical on fire, but you're lukewarm and never sacrificed mm-hmm. or obeyed one thing of the flashing sword of Torah of Yadivate. You just were in the midst of them. And that's how it works. That's why you see people just getting picked off everywhere in the Apostle Paul's preaching and and uh, missionary journeys they're getting beheaded they're getting sold into slavery they're raiding their houses they're taking their kids away they the caesars were brutal but paul he's going around with all kinds of freedom he's getting arrested he's spending time in jail but they let him go the signs and wonders are defending him there's earthquakes while they're singing in prison the bible says in acts If you are legitimate in your circumcision and you are called and chosen by God to serve the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, all the angels of the great I Am will back you up. But if you're fake and pretending and you're out there with some kind of intentions other than the service of our Father on the throne, you'll have no defenders in the day of testing. You'll burn up in the fire and you will not survive. But if you want to pass through the fire, who can endure everlasting burning? Isaiah thirty-three fourteen. He who is enthroned with the Lamb, slain with the Lamb, standing in the throne of Zion. I saw the Lamb looking as though he'd been slain, standing in the midst of the throne. You ever wonder why the Lamb of God is slain in the throne? What does that mean? It's the full seal of God the Father backing Jesus Christ. He's not standing on his own throne. He's standing on the Father's throne with all God and His angels backing that man up. And if you're slain with Him, that same backing backs you up. In Jesus' name. That's what a real soldier of Christian faith is. And if there's anything else working in you, let that sword of the Father and the Lamb and the twelve apostles of the Mm -hmm. Lamb go through you and slay you and slay your soul and your mind and your bones and marrow. The more you're slayed by the word of God, slain by the word of God, the greater your protection and prosperity can be. The more you resist it, the further you get from God. And that's where most people are at right now. And since they reject that sword and say it's just being mean, it's brutal, you're beating up the sheep. they got uh, Guys, I have heard 10,000 lies from the church of Laodicea in my prophetic ministry. 10,000. We've been prophetic from day one. Continuous signs and wonders following the spirit of prophecy that's in this ministry, Red Letter Ministries. I didn't even come up with a name. 
I was in a, a, a my car, my senior year of Bible college, and I'm driving, and I was planning on being a youth pastor in the Assemblies of God. This is what happened to me. And I had about 20 churches I'm talking to. They, they had come around and laid hands on me, graduation from North Central University. And so all the churches of the region come in to pick their youth pastors. I had like 20 people I had talked to. So I'm like, I'm going to be a youth pastor. That'll be really fun. The audible voice of God came in my car. It says, you'll never pastor churches. You'll pastor cities and nations. Call your ministry the Red Letter Ministry. I'll bless this ministry because it'll be my ministry. It was Jesus Christ himself. That's what formed this whole thing since 2006. And not one detail down to the desk is my idea. So it's all God. So I know those that oppose this. They oppose the throne of God. Majorly. And there's nothing in me that opposes you. All we're trying to do is help you. But why does the prophetic office become the enemy of so many? Ooh, that's a good one. Because their hearts do not allow circumcisions. If you will open your hearts and allow Mm -hmm. the things of hell, the things of Laodicea, Mm -hmm. and the false love, and the immorality, and the selfishness, the desires of your heart, the plans you have, for your life and everything in your eyes of all image bearing to be obliterated by Torah. Oh my gosh, you will walk with the dread champions in these days as giants of faith on sapphire stones, obliterating Satan and his enemies. And God the Father told me after the generation below us, no one will ever know what a demon is. They'll never see it again. The generation of your children listening at the sound of my voice today will obliterate all the demons of the world. Not us. We'll train them, and we'll be here still. But that's how close we are to ending demons on planet Earth. Amen. Let's add that to your notes. Go ahead and grab your notes. Uh, let's add this in here, because this is important for you to know if you're going to stick it out for the long haul. That way you don't get picked off by anybody or anything or any demon or spirit on the Earth, under the Earth, above the Earth. The one thing in common that everyone who has left and ab- or abandoned Arlem is that they hate circumcision. <laughs> yeah. they, ever, they have that's the one thing. There's a lot of different things that you know manifestations, but that's the one big thing in common. Every single person who has left or abandoned or renounced you know, Arlem, they hate circumcision. So it all comes. It boils down to that one thing. Now. Right ne- the next point after that, you're going to write this down. Every single person who has risen on sapphire stones mm-hmm. has learned to embrace circumcision. Amen. And love it. Yeah, well, I was, I, I was going to say love it, but to be, I think, a little more realistic, you don't, until the higher rungs, I mm. think, is when you really love it. You learn, you love it incrementally more, like... As you go up worlds. It's loving Jesus. It's loving the sword that circumcises your hearts and minds. That's the measure you love Jesus. It's more like the lower rungs, it feels kind of, some of it will feel kind of painful. Some rungs are easier than others for you, depending on the personality and what your history is. I know they're coming. People that will love Love circumcision because they just love Jesus more than the world. But as you go up the higher rungs, it's less of a reactionary on some of them it'll still be a little intense but you embrace it much more quickly that's why the higher you go up what we're seeing is that it's going a little faster because you learn to love the sword love is something that you learn you should write that down love is something that you learn it's not something that you're born with truth 
You're born with sin. You're here to learn how to love. That's why Jesus asks everyone who goes to heaven that question, did you learn how to love? That's what you're here for. So when you learn, this is good, you want to write these down. When you learn how to embrace circumcision, you learn how to love. Amen. So there's no separation. So what does that mean? All those people who went away sad, who went away demon-possessed, chose the demons over, you know, cosmic circumcision, they didn't learn to love. They chose uncircumcision. The one thing they all have in common, they hate circumcision. Now, you might not like it at first, but if you like Jesus, you might be just, oh, what you do is you kind of brace yourself a little bit and you say, you know what? It might be uncomfortable to my flesh, to my nefesh, but I love Jesus, so I'm going to go through it anyhow. I know my blood feels like it's boiling, just biting my tongue. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak back. I'm not gonna, you know, the little part of you that wants to, you know, kind of get somebody back when they're talking mm -hmm. to you a certain way. Yeah. Remember, just remind yourself of this. A couple of you have this, and it's helping you. You hurt me. I'm gonna hurt you. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. <laughs> when you demons. when you shut your mouth and you let your blood boil, which means you feel mm. like you wanna hear the sound like a dog. <laughs> just remember that when someone says something negative to you, they're trying to take you down a notch, right? Cut you down a notch. Their verbal kind of accusation, whether it's true or not, measures of it will probably be true. Are they speaking out of the love of Christ perfectly toward you in love? No, they're not. And it's going to be your family, it's going to be your friends, it's going to be someone you work with. Don't, well, they said this and oh, it's not true. You know what, <laughs> if you can just humble yourself to just shut the mouth and just, you know what, I can receive that correction even from an uncircumcised whoever. It's like King David, when that guy was telling him, blah, 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 and they're on their way out of Jerusalem, he's getting kicked out. And this guy comes along cursing him, and one of his mighty men is like, like, acting like Peter, mm. should I go cut him, should I go kill him right now with the sword? And, he, and they talk about this in oral tradition mm, of Moses. And David's attitude was, you know what, I probably deserve it. Maybe God, God might have told him to curse me, so what am I going to say about that, you know? Yeah, if God told him to curse me, then probably right. he's probably right. <laughs> And that's how that's how the Zadik are. They're just really, you know, hey, this is all probably my fault. The you know, humility probably, of David, wow. Yeah, and that that's the heart of David. If you have so the heart good. of David, you understand that even when they're speaking out of a negative source, you can still receive it. Right when the accusers come around, you uh, you don't give in to the enemy. Right in the in the courts of heaven, you cover yourself with the forgiveness and the blood of Jesus, and you forgive sins. You forgive your sins and others, but at the same time. As a Zedekim, what you do is you look at that and say, you know what, what, what part were they, where did they have ammunition? So usually when the accusation comes, it's going to be bigger and worse than it actually is. But what, what, what sin, what part did they have there that they're grabbing a hold of and magnifying sin in me? When Satan came, did they have something in me? What is it that they're using? How can I use this to repent anyway? Even though I know it's they're being totally demonic and manifesting and da-da-da-da-da. You know, where can I get more circumcision? And then it becomes valuable. Then when even people are channeling the demonic, you find the value. And sometimes it's just, you know, all trash time, take out the trash. None of that is just garbage, right? But have wisdom. Don't just always defend the self-nature. 
So you need to have wisdom in rightly dividing the word of God and wisdom in knowing when to speak. Mm -hmm. And when to just let close your mouth, let your family say what they're going to say, and let your blood boil. Because what the Zadokim would teach is that when you close your mouth and you let your blood boil, and they take you down a notch verbally, that their verbal accusation against you actually counts as the descent without you actually going down. And then it, what it does is it gives you grace and it promotes you to go up if you were, can receive the humili like their humility and repent, even though they're being totally dramatic over the top and probably clipping at you. It can be beneficial for you. You just have to know how to use it. Yeah, so just like, oh, oh, thanks. So, but here's the thing. If you react and defend yourself and start shouting at them and, no, you're not, and da-da-da, well, guess what? You actually just descended. You went down. And now that's just, you're going down. doesn't benefit you anymore. Now you're in self-defense. <laughs> and all the angels know, well, you're not perfect. There actually is some sin in there. Like, they're actually kind of right. And you're not doing yourself any favors, man. Like, you know, yeah, righteousness is not that strong yet. The angels will cover you as long as you're making progress <laughs> yep. from the center of the earth. But you need to understand that everyone born again starts in the center of the earth. You're going to have the most dramatic glory experience of all time. Like Paul and really like me. And you still have to go through all the layers of the earth and moon, sun, and stars. There's no shortcuts with God. You have to learn everything. From the center of the earth upward. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think we're almost ready for a picture time. Okay. Yeah, there's just no shortcuts in rising on sapphire stones because it's right. each person overcoming ten worlds of the fall in your own DNA. Now, some of your conversions are more dramatic than others. Like, not everyone's on a high horse like Saul with a morning star 20 feet levitating off the ground, <laughs> blotting out right. the noonday sun in the desert, and goes blind for three days, and then uh, has physical dragon scales fall off his eyes when the intercessor prays for him, and then he's lowered in a basket outside Damascus wells. That's happened to, like, five people in the history of Christianity. Okay? It doesn't... The reason why it's so dramatic is because he was in total gross clippeth darkness and then it took that much light just to forgive Saul's sins that was the measure of light to forgive the darkness of Saul's sins that's the only reason why some conversions are more dramatic right but sin is sin whether you're forgiven a little or a lot is irrelevant what you do in your new mm -hmm. life in the light is what matters and you all start at the same starting point which is the center of the mm -hmm. earth. And you learn how to rise through the dust of the earth. What does Daniel 12 say? Many shall arise from the dust of the earth. Many are the overcomers that overcome the earth and the moon and the sun and the stars. We are in the generation of righteousness and the teachings of righteousness of Daniel 12, 3 that causes your inner man born again in Christ. Therefore, if anybody be in Christ, he is a new creature Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Mm. Now take that new part of you, the God's sperm genetics, and you born again of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God cannot sin. And now do something with it. Grow it up and mature that God's sperm genetics in your belly 
all the way up through your soul and your mind, and you'll rise to be with the archangels. You'll rise to be with all the angels. But if you don't build it up from the center of the earth, it just dies with all the potential in it when your, your clay vessel, your body, ages and dies. And that's been, sadly, over 99% of Christians. We can't tolerate that in this generation. We need to bring those God sperm genetics in your bellies into maturity by feasting on Torah. Amen. Then you will rise to Yadavavah in heaven. Amen. Amen. I think it's about time to look at some pictures. And uh, for this segment, I think some of these might have volume. Is it possible for us to for have the volume to come through for us to hear it on here? Just it, it'll automatically play for them at home, but just so we can hear a little bit of it. We have that turned on. Uh huh. I think so. So we're going to do a little recap here. We're going to do a full review, just like we did yesterday, of all the exact same material, but twice. With notes. Extensive, detailed notes. That must be well organized, and then afterwards we'll grade your notes with red permanent pen. And a sticker that's either going to be poop sticker, if you didn't do very well, or gold star. We have no iPad um, sound set up. Oh, I think it played last time, didn't it? No? Oh, that's fine. I don't know if it will or not. That's something we never set up. I, last just, time I think it no. played. I think it, I thought it played sounds last time. But not through the live. There, oh, there's, okay. We don't have anything set up through the broadcast. Oh, really? Okay. Just in the live, live audience, they'll hear it. Okay, only. okay, okay. Um, that's fine. I'll just change something in here, and we'll save that for next time. Okay, so, well, we're not really going to do all that that we just said we did. We're just having a little fun here. All right, but Asaya, Asaya of Yetzir, Yetzir of Yetzir, and Berea, you are getting to know the latter. Is everyone in here, if you had to name all of the worlds, one through ten, without looking... Raise your hand if you're 100% sure you could write all of them down just from memory. Alright. Kinda. Okay, okay. I think that's a really great place to study because when you write down those worlds, it is so powerful. Do you remember when we did the Sapphire Stones? Nobody really knew which ones are which. It was all just kind of like, it's like the planets. I'm pretty sure there's Jupiter in there. Like, man, I can't even remember what the planets are. Like, I, failed, I flunked out of... You know, whatever. But now you want to get familiar with the worlds. You We've know the sapphire a, an stones. an emphasis on earthly intelligence that had very little good, very little eternal value. Now we need an emphasis on heavenly knowledge and heavenly intelligence that has eternal value. Amen. Yep. So that'll be a good goal for you. Most of you know the rungs, the names of the sapphire stones. Uh, now we'll want you to know all the worlds and that includes the four layers of Yatsira in order that way when you're going up because when stuff get when things get kind of intense in Yatsira you don't want to be flailing around looking through your notes where is it where is it wasn't there another layer which order does it go in oh my gosh I'm about to head into the next world what is it even called what does it even mean what's gonna be there you know you don't really want to be that person Somebody will probably do that. And then we'll get the messages. Oh my god, what's happening? No. 
prepare for the journey, right? It's like a. Do you remember when you had Map Quest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you had your or your Tom Tom, yeah. You remember Tom Print Tom? it out and or, put it on the wall. When you when you briefly looked through the directions before driving, that was the difference between you know that person who was prepared. All right, I know in about five miles, I'm gonna have to get over a few lanes. Versus the person who's got the latte in one hand, the phone that they're texting in their other hand, that's on the little dash driving mounted. Driving with their knees. Driving with their knees, talking to their with girlfriend the on, on the, the phone while texting, <laughs> drinking a pumpkin spice latte, and and their head listening. out the window like a dog. <laughs> and they didn't realize they have to be over three lanes until they were just right in front of you. And they're only realizing this like a mile or 0.5 mile or just right before the little thing that they're going to hit. Just cut them all off like a foreskin. Sorry, everybody else. I'm a son of God. Grace, there's Grace. You are there's a Grace. Jerk. Sorry, everybody. Oh, my God. Oh. You know, essentially, you don't want to do you that on a freeway. tell a lot of people freeway. about how they drive. You don't. You don't want to do that on, on a regular freeway. You probably don't want to do that when you're going up Sapphire Stones, right? You don't want to get to your first Gevra and not have forget all this the masterclass. This is not Mad Max. And then wonder why you're almost just like, you feel like you're dying and the judgment of worlds has come upon you and you're thinking, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, ah, it's your first time on Gevra, isn't it? Mad Max is evidence you're done with the beasts, all the demons. The evidence you're with God is the highway of holiness, Isaiah 35. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you notice those first rungs for the people who are rising, um, Yasad, Had, Netza, and then into the sun. All of those have a certain amount of intensity to them, more or less depending on what's coming out of you, what was in there. Uh, the, the farther you're coming out of darkness, sometimes it can be a little bit more intense. So just understand it's burning out, and you want to adjust a little bit and be able to be at peace in that fire. That's what Tiferet is for. Right? When you Once you go up those rungs, you go into Tiferet and get all that stuff. It's like a spa. It's supposed to be a a Bible spa. It's about the written word of God. Tifret literally symbolizes the written word. So you want to be in the written word of God in your eyes and ears a lot. Bible spa and spa because it'll heal you from the last rungs and it will prepare you for the intensity of Gevra. So if you're already struggling with the intensity on Yasad through Tifret, you're going to need just to get that transfiguration. You're going to need to be accustomed. You're going to need to be accustomed to the cosmic realm before once you venture forth. That's kind of like the long journey is, has started. Once you get out of Tiferet and you go on to the next one, so uh, Tiferet, especially of Isaiah, is kind of like a waypoint. You're a little bit farther away from where you started. You know, far from home. You've got a long ways to go, but it's a real transforming place. It's a transfiguration place. It's a place of rest. It's a place of wing upgrades. It's a time to get all that stuff 
that's just kind of lingering from when you're on Malkut. There's little bits and pieces of dross in there. Serpents. That needs burnt out. Exactly, serpents. And all that has to be a thorough work so that when you have the actual transfiguration and you're prepared for Gevra, before you even go there, you'll want to make sure you know what Gevra is. Remember what we talked about? Go through if you have to find out in the master class. Take your notes. Know what you're getting yourself into. You know, I didn't know. Why was it more difficult for the pioneers? Because we didn't entirely know what we're getting ourselves into. When you're knowing and you're prepared and you've counted the cost, you're expecting it. It's not as bad. That's why in the upper world, you're like, okay, even though each world is a little different, I know that this one tends to be like this. Or this is what I usually need to kind of repent of in this realm. And so I'm preparing myself to make the sacrifice, counting the cost. Okay. Wisdom. We want you to go up in wisdom and not the, the only thing, if you were hard knocks on the earth, cosmic school of hard knocks, you don't even want to play with that. Get that out of your system and Malkut. Yeah. Elijah requires it. Yeah. All right. And the door, the name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ninth and tenth week here, the word, and tenth week judgment. Mm -hmm. Sign of winter last night as we're leaving, the tower downtown Minneapolis on the way home was lit up all these colors. That's wow. the first time we've ever seen it more than just one color. It was never uh, two colors ever before, and it was these exact colors on the tower. Yeah. The door of the multiverse. Amen. I remember when we were celebrating your chaya, they lit it up emerald green, too. Yep, all the buildings were covered in green that day. Yeah, that was cool. Alright, so you can also take a snapshot of that screen and use that. We've got it all on one page here for you to memorize. You know what's nice? I want you guys to just take a... Thank you. I want you guys to just be comfortable with just a little silence for a moment. It's nice, isn't it? You like that? A sailor. Did you have a, a thought, a revelation? Did you see a vision? Go ahead and write down what you felt. Did you feel pain? Did you feel comfort? Go ahead and take your pen and your paper and write down, did you see something? Did you feel anything? Did I just sit there a complete blank while the monkey scribbled down on little pieces of paper? 
Did you remember something? Did you feel comfortable or uncomfortable in the silence? If you felt uncomfortable, try to think of what might it be that makes you feel uncomfortable about the silence? If you had any pain, where was it? Was it in your heart? Was it in your body or was it in your emotions? Was it in your mind? Did your mind feel really busy or did it feel still and calm like peaceful waters? Did you have a vision of God or the angels? Did you remember a revelation from the master class? It's good. Sometimes it's good just to slow down a little bit and take a moment just to be comfortable in the silence. Still the mind. You don't want to have that dat going a hundred miles an hour leading you around the mountain again. Sometimes it's good just to slow down and write down what God's been saying to you. And oftentimes it's just enough to remember the previous instruction that may have been forgotten. Get your next step. Clear your mind so that you can connect into the mind of Christ, which is in your spirit currently, not just in the future when you go up the rungs. The mind of Christ is in there. He's with, if you're born again, filled with the Holy Spirit believer, underneath all the, the dust and the dirt and the clay, there's the mind of Christ. So you need to search deep within. And sometimes practicing a little bit of stillness can help you transition out of your head and into the spirit. And you can just start to tap into that river. And then when you've stilled your mind, you've waited on the Lord a little bit, you've got your instruction, you're going to be more fruitful whether you're beholding the Lord in prayer or you're doing a Bible spa, you're reading the Word of God, or you're going to work, or you're going to study, you're going to school, whatever it is that you're doing, when you take a few moments just to clear your mind and reconnect with your Heavenly Father, It's that awareness of his presence, that awareness of the angel of Shekinah who dwells within you. That's your connection to holiness. And so when you go out there in the world, it's not so much about you versus, you know, the temptation demons and that. It's, I'm saturated in the angel of Shekinah, which is the angel of holiness, which is the spirit of Jesus Christ. And his presence preserves me, protects me. He's guarding my eyes from evil. Nothing shall by any means harm me. I'm going to stay in the secret place. You want to make sure you've got your shoes on before you go to war. Some people are just fighting and trying to beat the air with their fists and jump onto the moon, but Mm -hmm. you're not even wearing shoes. 
I mean, even if I went out to the backyard, especially if you live in Texas, you never know what's out there. Scorpions, even the grass can attack you, right? The little prickly things. Like, no one goes around barefoot. It's not like, you know, in the Midwest, you know, you grow up, it's like, oh, you can go around, run around barefoot in the grass. Not in the dangerous places. So make sure you have shoes on, that's your peace. So, if you're faithful with the normal shoes of peace on the earth, then what is, what's the principle of stewarding, stewardship? If you steward the shoes of peace on the earth, God may entrust you with the winged shoes to go to the moon. Cosmic peace, you have to have peace in the cosmos. You have to know how to Bible spa. You have to know how to soak and get healing. You will encounter enemies. You're not going to probably do it perfect. No one has done it perfectly other than Jesus himself. So knowing what you are going to encounter in some measure, you need to be proficient at healing yourself. Physician, heal yourself. You've got a team, but you want to be able to soak Bible and spa. heal. Yep. Recharge, refresh. Yep. You've got to know Bible spa. You've got to have peace, so you know you have to know how to do stillness and beholding the Lord. So these little principles, these are things that you want to have mastered even before I feel fire, mm-hmm. even before you go up to the moon. If you're already cosmic and those things are starting to shake, remember your foundations and stay in peace. Walk in peace. And if you got to take a little extra time. Take your day off, your free time, and just do a little Bible spa. Put your hand on your spirit. Learn how to heal yourself from the inside out. Take care of yourself. Take a hot bath. Take a hot shower. Make sure you shower daily. I always, uh, one of my favorite things to do is after Joel's bar, uh, before I go to bed at night, I always like to shower off a little bit. At least, you know, wash the face, a little soap. Uh, on your body because when you're just hacking away at the demonic there may be blood and guts spilled there may be all kinds of nasty stuff now it's not as bad we've got you know more of a surge of the river going on but we do encounter cosmic enemies so the invisible realm is physical and when you go home if you're covered in you know let's say the guts get splayed everywhere or an angel hacks this thing over the sky or above our heads and then killing it on its way down and its guts get on you i mean i've noticed this is just a little detail i've noticed that if you let it linger on you it can start to kind of affect your thoughts and emotions you just don't want to have toxic stuff like if you this is kind of a gross example you know trigger warning out of time like if you go to the bathroom it's not that bad right you have toilet paper you have dude wipes you have BB Luxury Perfumes Room Spray to cover up uh, the scent of your defilement of living as an earth creature, right? There's grace for that, right? But if you just left the toilet open, full of sewage, for hours, or if there was a bloody dead animal that in your garage, pretty gross but if you clean it up right away oh get that thing out of here you know mm-hmm. not bad it's easy to clean just you know and get it cleaned up and it's fine but if you let that thing fester for hours oh man and then you try to sit in there 
So I, I just said this is a this is a word of wisdom from experience. When there's carnage of the enemy and there's stuff lying around, if you if it gets on you because it's physical, invisible. We've already established this. It's nice. I just get in there, do a little. It doesn't you don't have to do your whole shower thing that you do. Just a nice little rinse off with some soap. But just to say a little word, fresh angelic washing or something like that, you know. And just kind of get the gunk out off of you. If you've got it on you, it's not really beneficial. It's not going to be detrimental to your long-term, usually whatever. But I noticed it is much nicer to just kind of get that stuff off of you. Especially if you're on front lines. You don't want to just be sitting in it. I mean, it's kind of gross. It shifts the atmosphere every time. I'm still astonished what a, a bath or a shower can do after daily carnage. It shifts the atmosphere every single yeah. time. Yeah. So sometimes if you're like, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? And you had a day of carnage at, at work or you went home from Joel's bar and you just got stuff ripped out of your body. Like, oh, that was an awesome bar. They ripped like two demons out and killed them, threw them in hell or whatever. That's a good day. But if, you know, one time my angel uh, ripped as a repent, it was a really intense repentance and Brandon was a witness. They were about to rip the thing out of my body as soon as I was about ready to get it up, but I was going to puke. It was so strong. Mm. It was a cosmic, it was one of my uh, cosmic deliverances uh, earlier on from, it was pretty, it was pretty wild. But I saw the de- I saw the angel rip the demon out of my body through my face and its blood splattered on the inside of my sunglasses, which I gave to our friend, our su- sister Ruthie, who loves those glasses. I hope you didn't clean it too well. Scorpion blood. The demon blood on it. Yeah. On the inside. And, uh, yeah, you know, that, that, I remember that one, he looked, he's, he's bound now and thrown out like trash, been tortured. but, uh, yeah, he's doing his time now, but, uh, it kind of reminded me of like a realistic version of, you know, what's the Kaboot, not Kabutops, what's the Pokemon with the razors for the two hands? He looks kind of like a, it's one of the resurrected fossil ones, like a fossil demon. Anyway, but like a really gross, but like the live action version of that kind of a thing. And uh, for those people who know it's what really that good. Is. Yeah. So anyway, so I literally had physical demon blood on the inside of my of my sunglasses after they ripped it out of my face. It man, it was so strong it manifested physically, it. and it felt good to get Just that like out. Just like King David. <laughs> yeah, I felt so good to get that out. But did I wash? I washed my glasses. I took a bath. I took a shower. You know. You want to clean up a little bit. So remember, we want to not just be ignorant of the invisible realm. There's just little things like that. Don't go into the psychosis of religion and be like, oh my gosh, is there something on me? Do I need to just have some cosmic common sense? together the natural. Exactly. And so a prophetic act washes the natural that corresponds to the spiritual. Gnosticism, which is a destructive heresy of demons... Says spiritual good, natural doesn't matter. It the natural does matter. Jesus Christ came in the flesh. That's a demon, and so no one ever hated their own body. They use it. They buffet it. They they take care of it. They care for it. Paul says they exercise it. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost now. So you treat it just like Solomon's temple. It's literally priceless. What you do in those bodies determines where you are for eternity. And so every moment in those bodies, the Bible says you will give account for. Every second that you spent in the flesh, 
you will give account before Jesus Christ's throne when you die. But you can repent now, and then you can redeem the times of all your wasted days and hours and months and years, and stand before Him as a dread champion, as a friend, mm -hmm. and then use your body for the service of the King. Amen. So, I think you'll notice a difference. It'll be really great. Alright, absolute. So, Zion, there, you see that's a, a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Why do we have Zion up there? Well, if you remember from our teachings on the master class, freshman and sophomore year, we've talked about I-N in reference to, you know, going up to the crown, the kind of top of the Sephirot realms, things like that. Well, that is the seventh letter of the alphabet, Zion. Sounds like a Z, meaning crown, weapon, sustain. <laughs> and if you literally look at the, uh, there's a Kabad website that all the different kind of Kabad synagogues that's correlated and uh, related to the one that we visited in New York. On their website, you know, I'm just looking up like, what's the main Jewish authority on the alphabet? And it's these guys, you know. And, uh, they literally, in quotations on there, talk about winning the New York lottery. What do you get in absolute? You get a chaya when you enter it, right? So I thought that was pretty special. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, they literally had that on there. So I was like, New oh. York lottery. So I was like, congratulations, Brandon won the New York lottery, getting a chaya in New York. Pretty crazy, and the Zion, the absolute. Uh, so Zion. Its design is the form of a sword. So as we're talking about this, think seven, absolute, we're looking at the mysteries. We can just look at the literal things. Remember the layers? There are literal things, there are hints as we study. Uh, there are allegorical meanings here. And then there are also mysteries and deep secrets. So whatever level or layers that are in there, that seed planted, will grow and develop those seven layers within you. Okay, the top of the Zion is the handle, and the vertical leg is the blade. Another interpretation of the Zion's design is that it represents a crown and a scepter. That's interesting for absolute crown and scepter. Start to understand why when people get to the kind of that presidential level or those world economy levels or world influencer leader levels why some of them have the satanic promotion of the black sephirot of a dark crystal chaya of the enemy side uh, because it's that realm of the sword and the uh, crown and the scepter which is really fascinating okay, and then the zion also alludes to power and authority. It's really wonderful. Amen. Sword upgrades. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh, what's it doing? Did not up. <laughs> Are they manifesting a little bit? I think Canva is manifesting a little mm. bit. 
Alright, go back to the go back to us and we'll see if I can have that on there for just right. Huh. All the apps have to serve the Lord Jesus, you know. Speaking of the apps, we've uh, just got the RLM Glory Life app back on the Android store. Hmm. And all kinds of wild stuff going on with the technology around the whole universe right now. And uh, there's three real areas the last month. It's almost completely over with now, so I'll just tell you the victory testimony of the last 30 days that we've been going through. We had our app taking off the uh, Google Play Store for all kinds of weird technical jargon that was so advanced we didn't understand it. We hired a team to do all the work and they fixed it all and we relaunched Glory Life by RLM and we're back in the Google Store. Um, it probably took six weeks. I don't know if anyone noticed that, but we were not <laughs> on Android or Google Play for like six weeks. We had to rebuild the whole thing. Oh yeah, and this is related to the New York and the Chaya stuff because when they, they hit it right before Brandon was about to get his Chaya, they were trying to hit with the distractions and the warfare. <laughs> why do the things come in a certain time? That's why you can't stress out about things. Because if you're in the mindset of warfare, warfare, we gotta fix it, we gotta fix it. You're not, what's more important? Fix the app or get a Chaya? Hello? Priorities. Yeah. Obviously it all has to come, but when you're facing technical difficulties, like let's say you're at your home, let's say something is broken or you need to fix something or there's a tech, oh, angels over here. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I see you. Glory. Hey! Woo! Yeah. <laughs> what's more important that you start manifesting about the external or you focus on the next rung, oftentimes the solution that brings the technological breakthrough or the whatever the thing is, it could be technology, it could be something else. Anything. It's literally you just go up another rung and then it gets sorted. But the demonic distraction is, mm -hmm. we got all these problems, we got to fix it, or we got to do something, you know. It, do, say the prayer, speak the word, do the thing, but then focus. What's your number one priority? Ascension. Ascension. That takes that when there's more light and more angelic power and more help, it will take care of the problems. The next rung of the ladder is why the mm -hmm. warfare came. So if you go to the next rung mm -hmm. of the ladder, it, it ends the warfare. Right. So, you know, it's interesting. I <laughs> This is how I think. So I want to share this with you because you are going to help others. Remember, it's not just about you. The best thing you can do to help others is number one, go up yourself. Then you're going to be able to do more to help. But there are certain things of wisdom you can use to help each other, which is not focusing on mm -hmm. the negatives, right? So when that happened, I felt the pull on my Yetzira emotion world. Be like, oh my gosh, we're miles away from home. We're in the middle of New York. I've like, I've been maxing out. I like a baby brand new Yachita maxing out daily, you know, with these, um, with all this stuff. It was pretty, it was wild, it was fun, it was amazing. But it was a lot, it was intense, you know. You had to do some soaking like every night. Bible spa every day, soaking every night. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're recovered enough. And then if I'm not able to fully recover after that, then you have like, you know, you get help from others, whether it's through the laying on of hands or the praying over the phone. So your first instinct as a warrior is never usually to reach out to others. If you're constantly relying on others, you're not really growing. That's okay when you're young, but you wanna be a soldier. Who wants to go to war with carrying rifles with someone's like, 
oh my gosh, guys, can you shoot the other bad guys for me? And you're constantly, you know, that means you shouldn't be on the front lines yet. You want to be able to be proficient as a shooter, right? Or be proficient with a shield, or at least be back in the medical tent. Proficient with the sword, which is knowing Torah. Yep. Working in your spirit, man. Exactly. And which comes through circumcision. You're acquainted with the sword to the measure that it ha- you have received its cut. And that's why you can wield it with compassion and virtue. Because you have compassion for the weaknesses of others because you've overcome those same weaknesses. And you've already received the cut. But no compassion mm-hmm. when the demon no comes. No compassion for the Total demon. wrath. Exactly. Complete and perfect yep wrath when the devil comes yep. any compassion towards those demons and they will take advantage of you and ensnare you yep and that's how many go into bondage Truth. yeah so again you'll need wisdom how are you going to get wisdom get wisdom get understanding those are sapphire stones so you go up and get them all right all right we're going to go on the pictures here that's better Not nice love it <laughs> Just prophesying over here. I'm <laughs> taking a look and peek in the future. Yay! Okay. Uh-huh. Thank you, Father. Uh, and I'll the, take it. You know what that uh, bottom right emerald is? That you don't ring? have to twist my heart, my arm too hard for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I like God. You know that emerald on the bottom right hand there? That's the Rockefeller emerald, which is the most expensive emerald. Interesting. Is a Rockefeller emerald. So I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. All the well, New York prophecies, the Rockefeller emerald. I was like, man, this Tora is. Does. Yeah, pretty fun. Oh, I love it. Oh, what's this? <laughs> Seventh world absolute. That's so absolute. You've got the structure, and then you get that, and then oh, what's this? Pavement ends. What do you mean? What is that? Is this the door to the multiverse? So, uh, training wheels off at this point, Buckley. Top of the Sephiroth. <laughs> the apex of the worlds. What's in there? What am I going to stand on? <laughs> Glory. Exactly. <laughs> Eighth week. Your first taste of the multiverse is week eight. Ninth week, the word. That's a primordial written Torah. Tenth week, primordial oral Torah. That's what uproots the fallen angels in the seven mountains into the lake of fire and ends the curse of the fall. Ninth week, let the name of God Hevave be blessed from now until eternity. After this, there will arise a ninth week in which righteous law will be revealed to all the sons of the whole earth. Now this is a really exciting thing. Uh, okay. Woo! Hallelujah. All right. This is ninth week glory. So, we had some opposition today. Surprise, surprise. How many times you had us come? How many often we come up here and we're like, there was opposition. <laughs> You're just like, it's just to be That's expected That's what makes at this it point. front lines. Right. It's like, there's no one doing this in the whole yeah. universe. And maybe five people in the history of humanity have ever even known about these realms. Mm. 
So uh, we were having the opposition today, and they started to hit us with the app stuff again. And I thought, you know what, this reminds me of New York. And uh, I was on uh, Bina this morning of uh, Adam Kadmon, and so I started getting all these signs and wonders. I had the you know the GT with the Neptune, and then the whole different right side stuff happening. And so I did a little mini repentathon and just started attacking uh, those the foreskins and the uh, membranes with the truth of the word of God and asking for grace for repentance, praise and worship. Kabbalah praise and worship is awesome. If you don't know how to do Kabbalah praise and worship, go on the playlist on YouTube, our YouTube channel. We've got summer camp. You can do summer camp year-round if you want. Eternal summer. Mm -hmm. Eternal summer camp. It is written. Might as well do it. And uh, I think this song was a... Uh, I don't think this was even a summer camp song. It was somewhere that song where they talk about the seven spirits of God, but it talks about spirit of might, spirit of counsel, and the wisdom and understanding. And the seven spirits of God, that's the Sephirot. And so when you, the song is based in the roots of like biblical truth of sapphire stones, and you have the interpretation on sapphire stones, you can elevate that song into Kabbalah and use that as worship. You're worshiping Christ on the sapphire stones as you traverse the Torah and lifting up of hands and the repentance from sin and death and the foreskins and the membranes for cosmic circumcision. And so then that whole right side of my brain was buzzing mm -hmm. and I got permission to get, to go. I just saw another blue flash on the side of somebody's face, mm -hmm. next to their face when I said that. So I hopped on over there and it connected from my brain and all that. And then I did a little bit more study, study, worship, praise, repent, pray, praise, study, and then ask for permission, get a sign and wonder, and then go up. And I was like, all right, we're going to see. you know. And I thought, I was like, man, this is crazy. Usually when I get the Keter, I'm like, what is this? You I can know? feel the flutter of the angel wings all over my face and head right now. Um, I just want to release that to everyone at the sound of my voice. Just receive angelic ministry. The flutter of the angel wings upon your heads, your faces. Let those angels bring refreshment from heaven upon you. Amen. Amen. And, uh, yeah, I can see, like, galaxies spiraling and stuff just with my eyes closed right now. But I'd started seeing this weird, like, kind of... When I got to Bina last night, I had all those cosmic clouds. Oh. And it was crazy. And so then I, hit, I went up by faith after really intense... Uh, circumcision just really focus study praise worship repent analyze what's the foreskin what's the sin what's the manifestation what's the emotion and just attack it you know and the repent how can I receive grace to repent of it and just you know that's what you learn how to do and uh, so I got the God gave me the grace to receive for circumcision and then I got up and I went on to Keter and then just we're just barreling down with the uh, sword upgrades from Adam Kadmon in there. And then just like, oh, God, I hope I did it right. Well, if I get my ass kicked, I'll know it didn't work. <laughs> That's just kind of like, you know, realistic. And I was like, but, I, you know, we got the signs and the wonders. We did everything, you know, procedurally, thoroughly. And uh, the only time I'll usually, the only time I've ever usually done, like, multiple rungs in a day, it's behind the veil. Uh well, we talked about that, the upper sephirot. Again, you want to make sure you have full circumcision. Otherwise, you know, you don't want to end up in like a black sephirot somewhere. So, yeah, don't want to do that. So, uh, <laughs> and um, 
yeah, so, and then I saw this, I started seeing all this stuff happening, and I was like, oh my gosh, we just learned that there's two more souls, what is this one, it's descending on me right now, oh my gosh, what is it, I don't even know what it's called, can I receive it if I don't know what it's called, yes, you can, re shut up, shut up, brain, shut up, <laughs> gagged, stop, shit, <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce my own name. I'm such a baby. I don't even know how to talk yet. Can't even say my name. That's fine. Okay. I want it anyway, please. <laughs> you know, I know that the ninth world is the word, the world of the word of God. And I see this red rose. This red rose coming down. I said, first I saw an angel feather. Uh, typically angel feathers they're a sign of being sealed, but also it's a token of friendship with the angel. And it was a really big cosmic feather, and it was like an angel from the angel of yad heh vav -Heh. The angel feather of yad heh vav -Heh is a token of friendship, friendship with God. And then this red rose comes down and just like a lighting on I was like, whoa, red rose. What does this mean? What is happening? And then... I just, you know, like those, you can feel on the crown. It had gone from Bina to Hakma where it was connected. And then the crown, it was just completing that whole set. The not my will, but your will be done. It always go from, you know, from Bina is like, not my, lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Your understanding and not my understanding. Your Bina, not my Bina. And then uh, Hakma, greater purity. I hate, you know, I hate the impurities of Hakma. I hate lust. I hate false love. I hate it. I will hate it with a perfect hatred. And you just f display your hatred for the enemies of God, your pure hatred. And I will make a covenant with my eyes, right? Because being on Hakma are your eyes, holy eyes, you know, eyes focused on Christ, holiness, a greater holiness in the eyes. And, you know, the eyes, my eyes are fixed on you, things like that. The mind connected, like wisdom and Bina are one palace. Like they're they're really one. The key of wisdom lies inside the mirrored halls of the palace of Bina. That's where the key of wisdom is. You see the river from Hakma flowing into Eden that nourishes Bina from where all those Sephirot descend from, where they came from. And just that river of emanation that the two are one, one mind of Christ, not just a left and a right hemisphere, together as one. So he created them male and female, and just acknowledging his ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And Hakma, his wisdom, I praise your wisdom. Not my wisdom, not even my eight worlds of wisdom, of my own wisdom from experience. I can throw all of that away right now and just take your wisdom. Everything I've learned in eight worlds is nothing to me. If I have, if I want me to do something differently or let go of it, it's nothing to me. I just want more of you. Your wisdom, your wisdom, you're, you are the wisdom. You are, I worship you, Holy Spirit of wisdom, Holy Spirit of understanding. You are one. Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one God. And you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength. I will love you with all my might all my mind and not my will and then the cutter was not my will but your will be done every other will can just die i don't care about any other will your will every other will in me 
just break. Let it be enough. I'm going to curse every other will but your will. Heavenly Father, your will be done. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yahweh, worlds, creator of worlds. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth, in this earthen vessel, in my body, in all my souls, as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread coming down sapphire stones. The bread of the table of wisdom on Hakma and the wine of Bina in my on the left. So wine and the bread, the holy communion in the presence of God. Give us today our daily bread, our daily wisdom of sapphire stones. Our daily wine of Bina. It's the table of Melchizedek. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. Forgiveness for me. Forgiveness for my family. Forgiveness for my spouse. Forgiveness for our people. Forgiveness for our people. Let, let them be forgiven. Forgiveness. We forgive them. Those who've hurt me, I forgive them. Let, whew, let's forget. Be forgiven. <laughs> And lead us not into temptation, lead us not into the black saffron, black saffron. Lead us not into the uncircumcision or that noga, the shell that appears like light but is not. But deliver us from the evil one, for thine is the kingdom, Malkut, and the power, Yasad. And the glory, Had, forever and ever, Netza. Amen, the son Tifret. And then you look at the sapphire stones. Yours is the kingdom. Asaya, and the power, Yetzira, and the glory, Berea, forever and ever, the world of eternity, absolute, amen, the crown of the apex of the name of God, Yadhe the man who sits upon the throne, the appearance of a man sitting upon the throne, Adam Kadmon, in Jesus' name, amen, and I go up, and it comes down, And you can remember these things when you go up and it'll help you to find your way when you don't know what to pray when you don't know what to say and so just thinking about this the red rose and then all these different things start to happen and I start looking I start thinking about what is that red rose and I turn my head and I look and there is red rose fragrance and Brandon's perfumery right there, just looking at me, just staring back at me. And I was like, oh, there it is. Oh, my God, it's happening. Yeah, I never really, you know, just kind of wait. When you get things, just wait. You don't need to go around and posting and announcing things. Just wait. Wait for your signs and confirmation. Just wait. Just be patient. Wait to show forth the seed. The fruits are there. That's where you're really going to know. Did the Was the circumcision complete? Did I, you know... Wait for the signs and wonders to follow because you're not studying, you're not going up circumcision rungs to show yourself approved to all your friends on Facebook and all your, your followers and family members. You want to show yourself approved to God himself, Yadhe creator of worlds. And when he puts his stamp of approval on something you've done, it's done. He has done it. He has spoken. <laughs> he says, I have spoken. <laughs> He says it is written. The amen. The amen. And it's his permission for you to go on. Remember, the Keter is the usually represents the father, son, where Tifret is the son. And that so 
The Keter, to move on to the next world, is always by his permission. Most of the time it's going to just be automatic, but if there's anything missing, you just won't go. So you need to be accurate in every rung, and there's no good in doing this and doing that, and then it's not there, and then you've already spoken, so just wait. Right? You don't need to go announcing every little increase. Just wait on the Lord all the day long I wait on you. And just as I was thinking about it, and I saw the eight, and just I'm thinking about it, if there would just be like a nine sign or something, boom, very next license plate, nine TV. I was like, oh, wait, what? And the, you know, the Google Translate right after was like, you are a, <laughs> this one was funny. I think the girls like this one, you know. It was like, you are a size nine American. And it was pretty funny because, you know, it's like, you know, women's clothing signs. And uh, from my, you know how the carnal mind is. You still, I still, you still got a little carnal. You still got a, a couple more, uh, two more worlds of foreskins above you. So I'm like, I'm not a size nine. Oh, yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> Ninth world. <laughs> he almost got me with that. I was like, all right, that's probably where you're gonna repent next. Okay. <laughs> but you know, you know how it goes. I know, I know. But it was funny. You were a size nine American. I was like, yes, like yes, big I foot. am. <laughs> like Bigfoot. <laughs> size, you know, because you know, if you watch all the girls' uh, movies that have to do with you know girly girls, what it would, uh, you know, or just watch that movie and the the Devil Wears Prada, you know that movie. They talk about the Fashion Week and all that, and then they're they're in downtown New York, and what do they say about like the girl sizing? It's like. Well, I'm a six. Oh, six is the new nine. I think they told her like that, like basically, you know, or like two is the new four. Like basically, you know, to be the whole realm of idolatry and uh, marred body image because you don't have a cosmic body, you know, stuff like that. But no, it was really funny. It really got me with that one. And I was like, okay, that's really good. That's really good. And then I said, well, I'm going to need lots of confirmations for something this big. We did a couple of runs, we got signs and wonders, but you know, again, we're gonna wait. And then I heard Yadhe Vavhe say to me, check your messages, Janelle, Sister Janelle will send something to confirm. It'll be in the women's group. And I was like, what is it gonna be? So I checked back everyone, so I was like, where is it gonna be? I'm gonna say nothing, I ain't gonna say nothing. And then she shares this, not to me, but with the whole group, no one has any idea what wrong I'm on, except for Brandon the night before. She sent this verse. She was just, it wasn't to send a verse. It was to show. It was from a video showing people how to do the iPad thing. Circumcised when I was eight days old. The race of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew and the son of Hebrews. As to the observance of the law, I was party of the Pharisees. So, circumcised when I was eight days old. Do you remember from the masterclass and from our teachings here on Joel's Bar, at the top of the eighth world of Adam Kadmon, remember that's the eighth day, when you finish that, that is a circumcised son. That's the circum that's a fully circumcised eighth day son of God. You have the inscriptions of the entire name of God, including the breath of his mouth. The wisdom of all that Torah is completed. And so what are the ninth and tenth uh, worlds? Two to three witnesses, when you're a son, when you, when you are circumcised, which is eight days, you can be a witness. The witness of what? The sign of the covenant is circumcision. Eighth day circumcised child. 
everything is established by two or three witnesses. So, eight by Adam Cadmon completed, that's circumcised, there's, you know, one. And then world nine, that's two. And just to fully, completely seal everything, no, nothing missing, God's a completionist. Uh, tenth world, that's three full witnesses. You've, you're coming, you're come of age and you have full circumcision. So that's circumcised son and the inscriptions of the whole. So if you look at my invisible body, you will see now all the engravings of the name of God. Yad with the Aleph and the Yad He Vav He. And they are alive. They're engravings. They emanate Shekinah. And so mm. that's the generator on the inside. It's like opening the seven seals. And then getting the Father's seven seals. Seal means inscription. And so right before my ascension too, I got a GT that said, you are ready. I was asking, like, can I go? (laughs) We've been repenting, thought we've been repenting like the wind out here, bullseye. (laughs) Repent like the wind, bullseye, (laughs) you know? Just, uh, (laughs) it was really fun. It says, you are ready. And uh, the other one that said, uh, this was really interesting, the one that said, you are ready, another one said, you will receive a woman, which in this uh, Kabbalistic interpretation, woman is prophetic language for soul. It says, you will receive a soul. What that told me is not only am I ready, the repentance was acceptable, the prayer was acceptable, and by going up, uh, I will be able to complete both of those rungs successfully uh, and complete it thoroughly. I'll be there. It's nice talking about these experiences because it's an impartation, so you're going to hear it. So instead of you going out there and just figuring it out and going through all these things, you're still going to have to figure stuff out. You have to know the voice of God, but it's an impartation. And when you get more familiar, when Brandon and I share with each other these things all the time when we go up. Why? Because we learn wisdom. Every time Brandon ascends, I learn wisdom. Every time I go up and I share it, he learns wisdom. We learn wisdom together as students of wisdom, students of righteousness. So as you're sharing your experiences, as you get circumcised, you're learning wisdom and you're sharing wisdom with your friends and that's impartable to help others rise. That's where that library of wisdom from your experience rising starts to come together with this group and that's going to make it easier for more people to rise, understanding the wisdom and the process and I wanted to share this with you as you go up the rungs what is more important than learning the principles right the principles of the rungs is knowing the voice of God mm. knowing the voice of God because there are certain things you're going to encounter what the what the church here with the spirit saying he who has ears to hear and uh, this chrome, uh, look at this picture. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> we didn't get to play it for you tonight. Maybe we'll share it later on Facebook. It's the SpongeBob little things that the Holy Spirit brought to my remembrance. These scenes from SpongeBob, like they're really in the recesses of my memory, so it must have imprinted. Chrome in prophetics and- is the color of leadership. 
That's what John Paul Jackson taught, that chrome was the color of leading. And in the future, everything was covered in chrome. Mm -hmm. And so that chrome leadership had really taken over the entire world. And also, we're talking about Thor the Multiverse. Right now, the external world, just based off the sun, the moon, the stars, and the revolutions of the earth around the sun, it's about seventh week, somewhere a little bit, just a seventh, uh, like seventh week. Six, what year is it? 6,000 and... We're in the Jewish year of the Hebrew calendar, 6,024. Yeah, and don't believe the ones you see online, those ones are messed up because the, the Pharisees they changed the date. changed the Jewish mm -hmm. calendar at the end of the first century by over 240 years. They did that on purpose. To not point to Jesus as the Messiah. You can still find many, many documents of how the Pharisees in the first century changed the Jewish calendar. So all these people saying we're in 5,784 are absolutely clueless. Yeah. You are in the Jewish Hebrew year 6,024. And so there's that, 6,024, which is seventh week. Amen. Seventh week. So what's interesting now, and we're talking about the future, you know, that image of Squidward when he's like, future, future. He's just kind of tripping him in and they have to hit him in the head with a brick. He's like, Th and then he says, thanks. He thanks SpongeBob for whacking him in the head with a brick. For just snapping him out of it. He's freaking out. That was the chief cornerstone. You're welcome. And he's like, everything in the future is covered in chrome. And, uh, and, this, and this RLM uh, vision came forth. Amen. And uh, I, I remember my car was in the shop for six months. And I picked it up and I'd just gotten it wrapped chrome because I was <laughs> obeying the angelic instruction. And the angel's like, wrap your Porsche in chrome wrap. And so I obeyed anything, as always. So I did it. I get it back six months later. The day I get it back, I walk into my apartment. I had let YouTube go randomly. And randomly, a John Paul Jackson video was playing when I stepped in the door. The first words out of John Paul Jackson's mouth were, Chrome is the color of leadership. I had picked up the Chrome Porsche that day. Amen. Amazing. And uh, so this is just a hypothesis, but uh, I, so the red rose thing happened. Oh, yeah, the, the other signs and wonders. Uh, I was trying to ask Brandon. Sometimes I'll ask Brandon questions. Thank you, Spider. Thank you, Spider. Amen. I'll try to ask Brandon questions without letting He's him know. He's written in it many times. Yeah. I try to ask Brandon questions without letting him know that I'm asking questions. And I do this on purpose because I don't want to, you know, the power of, I, know, I don't want to use the power of suggestion or, you know, where you're like, Oh, hey, did, did you think this happened? The worst thing you can ask each other, hey, do you think that this happened for me? Why are you likely to get the worst possible answer when you just ask a straight-up question like that? You're probably going to trigger whatever of the nefesh is left of the uncircumcised mm -hmm. foreskins. Everyone has foreskins right now. There's not one human being walking the earth, living, alive, breathing that doesn't have some foreskin. The behemoth has a voice. Kill exactly. it every day. So if you just ask them a straight-up question like a nefesh would, then you're probably just going to get a retarded answer. Well, with the apostles, you have a high light, you have a higher percentage chance. So let's say seven heavens up, I'm thinking, mm, probably like, what is that, like 70%? 
you know, I'm mean, asking myself one of my own questions. I question myself. 70% chance the Torah will speak from Yadavah right. at that point. And I'm thinking, even myself, you know, it's worse for yourself. So I was like, well, this math gets a little more, 80% maybe, but it's my own stuff. So probably bias. So there's personal bias. So probably not going to trust anything I'd say. So can't ask me. Uh, you know, I rule myself out like that sometimes. Well, I'm probably emotionally biased on this and this. So I can't really trust my own judgment here. So I'm going to need to find out in some other way from something outside, a sign wonder outside of myself, the written word of God, angelic witness, because you can't trust yourself. Are you kidding me? You're your own worst mm -hmm. enemy, you know that? Yep, I do. Yeah. You know you're messed up. <laughs> I die daily I die. to all that nonsense. Exactly, that's what you have to die to. That way, you, that way when you have a conversation with yourself, you're guaranteed somewhat of an intelligent answer. Amen, because Torah might come mm. out of there. Glory. All right, all right. So, oh yeah, so I wanted to ask him without asking, right? Because I'm double blind test, nah, right? So then now I'm going to see because I've, Brandon and I, our angel, our spirit, we speak to each other spirit to spirit, soul to soul all the time. Like we'll be having entire conversations throughout the day that pop into the natural realm only occasionally and you get a hint of what we're actually talking about. And then I'll realize, like, oh, gosh, like, our angels, we're talking right now. Like, this is a whole conversation. Yep. It'll come out in Joel's bar later. It'll be whatever. Or it'll just be a sign and wonder. Or we'll tap into that realm and realize that we're talking in that realm. And uh, so Brandon's supernal soul noticed and said, because I was trying to ask what, because he noticed something invisible and he was noticing many things. And I wanted to see if he had noticed that I'd gone into a new world. And so there was like, oh, you know, this and that. And the words that he said that, that I knew it felt his angel speaking directly to me was completely unique. Well, what's the Yachita? We know that's the unique one, right? Completely unique. I wish I had, I didn't make a, the charts yet for you. Uh, but there's the, that map that we do have. It says nine and ten. But if you can look at it in this way, so just imagine in your mind, uh, Hakma. You know where Hakma is, right? Wisdom, Hakma, top right, the Sephiroth. Neptune. Neptune. That represents the world of Absolute. So you have Absolute, you have uh, Hakma, and then you have Keter. So, Hakma, think Chaya, and then Keter, think Yachita, singularity of Christ, the Lamb, the White Rose, uh, the White Rose, uh, the Lamb, Yachita, and Unique One, specifically Unique One. Mm -hmm. So, that door, so that door from Absolute into Adam Kadmon, remember we talked about, we looked at those doors, right? Where the pavement ends? This one? Yeah. So that sapphire stone pavement of this structure, so in between the sapphire stones, the spheres, it's not like a, there's not a structure anymore. The structure generates the worlds below it. Pavement ends, Adam Kadmon, that whole world, that's when it starts to change like that. So, poof. Completely unique. 
So when you go from Absolute and you go through that door and you enter Adam Kadmon and you get your Yuchita, that's unique one. So when Brandon's angel said completely unique, it's that, so the Yuchita is a singularity. There's no more separation. But Keter is the last sapphire stone, right at the top. The emanations beyond that, you're going beyond the realm of the Sephiroth at that point in the ninth week. So the eighth week, it's your first one without the training wheels of the pavement, of the structure. But it's your final sapphire stone of the Sephiroth. So absolute is the realm of the Sephiroth. There's no structure because now you're not in the world of the Sephiroth. But Keter represents the, the top of the Sephiroth. This will blow your brains out just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so you go from Yuchita and Adam Kadmon, unique one, to the next world is completely unique. Because Adam Kadmon is like mm. that transitionary world. Because the Yuchita is still connected, it's one with the Chaya. The Chaya in the Absolute, Absolute is near to the light. You still need the structure because it's not possible to merge completely with God. It's not possible to have a soul completely merged as one with God, where there's no separation. As in, you, when you mix two glasses of water together, that union, how can you tell a water molecule from water, water molecule? They are one. There is no possibility of separation. And absolute, you're right there, right next to it. But it's like, hey, uh, stand on this rock, uh, have a house, have a mansion on this rock right here. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> Stand on this rock right here in the Sapphire Stone. So you still have the structure and the house and the Crystal Chaya Palace, and it's amazing. But mm. then you go with that white rose. You're literally... <laughs> the Yachita is... It's a piece of God himself. The Nishama is a piece of God's throne. The Chaya Crystal... I don't know what that's a piece of. Somebody can tell me. It's like... It's a mm, crystal. It's a Father Zephod. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Zephod. That's right. Nice. Uh, literally from his ephod part like so a part of his house right his palace mm -hmm. here's a thing you know you his can heart. live in here's a thing you can live in here's this little thing well it, and it's like it's like in the absolute it's, yeah. we'll we'll get the the father's heart itself will come up in the, in the next couple of worlds we'll look at that we'll look at some pictures here city of the chosen Okay, that's why. Okay, it's a Zion city you inside of the Jerusalem city. Okay, you see these hearts? There's a reason why those are heart shaped. <laughs> you say father's heart. City within a city, wheel within a wheel. Uh, and if you want to, I'll tell you some hints here. If you look at that, those little crystal chunks there, think of like a chai, because the chaya, they look like, see the little blue one on the right there, sparkling? They're kind of that shape, and it reminds you of like blue, like or they're color unique to the individual. The chayas are, but it's like it's like the crystal palace. It's near to the light. <laughs> then the yachita, that's one of the hearts because it's there's no more separation. You have a soul that's literally a part of God, and there's it's again it's if you mixed one glass of water into another glass of water, you, there's no possibility of mixing them apart it's mm -hmm. impossible it's permanently done it's like yep. you know you've he, ascended he's declared you okay you are now you have now through circumcision become worthy this is my son 
now is my son is circumcised and again they're those are hearts for a reason there you'll see a wee bit of one like a little pink and a little blue there mm-hmm. uh, so you cheat us seven lights of the seven spirits of god to fill the crystal chaya palace what good is it having that crystal chaya palatial if you can't fill it with all kinds of you know glory and uh fill it with all kinds of glory fill it with all kinds of the glory. body goes up too as the Spirit and soul go up. The body does go up. It's last, but it goes up. And it Amen. changes. The same one you're in right now. And so when he said completely unique, so you go from unique one, Yuchita, to look at nine there. Completely unique was the angelic word choice. So the Yuchita, again, it's one. It's connected as one with the Chaya. And once you've entered into the eighth world, now, what's beyond Keter? You're in the, the emanations beyond the sapphire stone. When God, this is what the Lord showed me, he said, when he said to Abraham in the oral tradition, he said, I am alone in my world. And he said about Abraham, and he is alone in his world. Because he was the only righteous man. God said, I am alone in my world. Why aren't there angels? Well, no, angels are in the world of Yetzirah. God's there too. He has part of him in all of the worlds. Otherwise, it wouldn't exist. But why? what would cause God to say, I am alone in my world? What world is he talking about? He's not talking about world one through seven. What is that bridge between worlds? You go through the door, it's your first taste of the multiverse, if you're faithful with the Yachita, and if you leave, if you go beyond, see the top one there, the white rose? That's the apex, the top there, the apex of the Yad, Keter, Adam Kadmon. What's above that? It's the emanations that emanated beyond nothingness infinity and beyond it's literally just because sometimes the, the text will just say beyond no one has yeah, there's not a lot out there about it i liked what the spirit said yesterday the five loaves and the two mm-hmm. fish mm-hmm. you've been on bread it's time yeah, for meat. solid meat so the first five souls and the yachita you have those for eternity but then above that you begin to give true kingdom messianic eternal meat of the eternal gospel from heaven. So you got Nefesh, Ruah, Neshama, Chaya, Yachita. Yep, and the five loaves of two fish. So but I was talking to the Lord, like, what do you mean alone in your world? I wanna go there. Wanna be wanna be with him. Mm-hmm. In his world, said, so I don't want you to be alone in your world. Isn't you know, and that Jesus is thinking. eating fish in his resurrection because it's time for solid meat, yet bread, which is well, we call it advanced teaching, but in the Father's eyes, the ancient one, it's elementary to him. But that meat up what he calls meat, which will be really, really high realms of ascension that the world has never heard before. 
Those are like the seven thunders and the, the seven lightnings that were sealed away until the end, according to Revelation, where they're teaching the highest meat of the eternal gospel as angels. Amen. And when I met Brian Simmons, uh, author of the Passion Translation, that was the verse he said the Holy Spirit, he'd like, it looked like he got hit with light, like a little jolt of the Holy mm -hmm. Ghost. And he's like, oh, the Holy Spirit just gave me a word for you. And those are, that was the scripture that he started to quote. And he wrote it in my book. And yeah, to seal it up until the end. Mm. And now, obviously, that was before I started teaching it publicly, too. So I knew I had to wait until it was time to release. So that was really helpful. And yeah, so beyond, you gotta be, we gotta become a lambkin and go beyond. Because, so the, my goal with you guys watching is to bring a bouquet of white roses. I believe Brandon is going to be. My first white rose as a successful gardener, gardening roses. Uh, and uh, so I'd like to really give him as a gift to the Father. And I'd love to give each one of you as a gift to the Father as a white rose. I want to garden white roses. I love all the roses, the beautiful holy roses. But I'd really like to garden each and every one of you into a seven heavens tall white rose minimum and present you to the father as a gift because i think he deserves something beautiful like that he's done so much the father the son the holy spirit they've done everything more than we could ever ask for dream of hope for or imagine i mean the fact that we're alive and breathing is just a miracle after all the curse of the fall and just the forgiveness that he that he gives the opportunity to rise I, he's always judging so favorably and putting away sins putting away sins constantly putting away sins showing compassion even when he punishes us out of compassion for the maximum you know for people to return to him and so this what i'm presenting to you as we're presenting to you today is this is the way back to the father and we want you to return to the father this is how you do it so if something seems at first offensive or difficult, just understand that you can change. You can keep changing. You can keep repenting. As long as you stick with the angelic protocol. Obey the apostolic teaching, the apostolic instructions, and this is the way. You can walk in it. And there's no possible way for anyone to walk in this without submission to this apostleship. So this is going to be a global thing. There is no other side gate. Those are all thieves and robbers, unless you go, submit through this apostleship, the father is not going to give them a Chaya, Yuchita, no, no, it's just not going to happen. This is the way, there's one kingdom, the kingdom age means the one kingdom is coming forth. There is no other people, you know, studying it, trying to doing do it, and maybe end up with like a black Chaya from like Satan's throne. Maybe, hopefully not, we want to cancel that too and take away their ability to do that by clipping the clip off and uprooting that structure of deceit and throwing it into the lake of fire and the eternal abyss forever in jesus name amen bam this is all it's going to be left this is the only thing that's worth doing with your life so get you a crystal palace chaya to live in and become a white rose so i can give you to the father as a nice bouquet for his uh for his gift and i think that would be really nice just like a giant bouquet of like 27 white roses i think yeah. at least minimum probably a lot more than that i think a lot more than that that would yeah. be ideal be first fruits yeah so i'm really excited we almost have i've almost got my first mm. garden white rose 
Yeah. And so I think as an accomplishment for a gardener, that's really exciting. As you know, like roses are really hot, can be tricky to grow. It's wonderful to ascend to the Father. There's mm-hmm. really nothing else to do in life. Everything else is vanity, chasing after yeah. the wind. I'm just so thankful to be on this path, on the path of lightnings, to learn greater wisdom, to be with the angels every day. It's you know, wonderful. More of the Father. It's awesome. Amen. You know, what's really <laughs> cool is when I was growing up, my dad was a gardener. And I was always helping him in the garden and learning how to water the different plants. Some of them would get hurt if you water them too aggressively. You have to like gently mm. water them by the base of the plant. Other ones, you're just like full blast, let it rain. We love it all over the leaves, all over the foliage, everywhere. Water, 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 water. Whoa, monsoon. You know, so they love it. Yeah, other ones just die. Other ones just die. Oh, oh you hurt me. I've dropped oh, the leaf from dead. Oh, no. But the hardest one, we grew fruits and different kinds of things and different flowers. The first one, yeah, I got to, I remember I got to pick out my own flowers for the first time. It was pretty cool. And, uh, but my favorite plant was the hardest one to grow. The rose. Yep, the roses are the hardest. And I just remember all the different, where they grow too much sun, too much shade. Protect them from the deer, protect them from, I don't know, bunny or whatever. I don't know. It's like, there's always something, and when we'd have a successful rose or successful roses, that was the most accomplishment, that was the best feeling, and I just remember thinking, like, I want a rose garden. Now I understand, I have the wisdom, I want a supernal rose garden, I want you guys to be alive and living your mm. best cosmic life, being a beautiful, clean and spotless white rose for the Father. And just you're gonna be a totally different creature so all that stuff that seems like it's hard to change or it's your personality just start letting it go and understand it you're gonna get major upgrades you're not mm-hmm. gonna be the same person I mean wouldn't you like to figure out like find out you're not gonna know till you get there so don't have a color in mind but you're gonna have your own color Chaya if you go up it's like you might match somebody else's maybe you're of the same tribe or you might have a totally different color altogether yeah. like, there could be like some kind of crazy different things out there so, I mean, that's pretty cool in itself. It's all the Father's heart. And then by the time you get up there, the idolatry of the external realm gets out of you so much. By the time God, God's going to be adding all that external like mansions under you, you're like, I already got a crystal palace. You're not going to turn down the external, but you'll be worthy of the upgrades. And the angels mm-hmm. decide if you're worthy. Yeah, exactly. Through cosmic circumcision. And again, God's timing. He might have you rolling around with like the highest level stuff, and you have hardly anything to show for it in the external realm because typically what happens is you get it in the spiritual realm, breakthroughs first, and then it starts to go. And we're clearing up the second heavens as much as possible. We're going up as quickly as possible so that everyone can get upgrades and receive their blessings uh, that have been stopped up through this um, mail delivery, this package blessing mm. delivery service in the second heavens. So instead of demons in the second heavens intercepting your blessings, Oh, we were whacking them out of the heavens. We want to just completely annihilate all their structures so that you can receive everything that God wants you to receive. And if you're really on a low rung, it's not going to be as much. You will It'll still, still be blessed, but you want to keep going up. Not just for the sake of blessings, but to get to know God. That's the whole point. Yeah. Boldly approach the throne he's, of grace. He's way more valuable than any of, the other, any of his stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. I like this one. Glory. <laughs> I think that's good. Walking on sapphire sea water. I don't look at the chrome one more time, actually. 
I like that. Yeah. Just the hypothesis, if this is the red rose, I started thinking, you know, chrome leadership. What if the next one is a chromed out rose? I mean, I don't know. It might not be. We'll find out when we get there. But I'm enjoying the usage of my imagination. And it's it's nice. I like, we like chrome. It's a good screen to look at as you fathom all the new furniture in Shadrach's house. Yes. Three-story house. Three bedrooms, top story is his Bible spa. Yeah. Rebecca and I sponsored it, bought him the TV, the stereo, the recliner. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we want the RLM Global Community to sponsor the rest of his furniture because it's like the furniture of the tabernacle. It's like the furniture of the tent of Moses. He's a full-time minister. He's a Levite. He's wonderful. The Holy Spirit has brought him on staff and on salary with RLM Global and... It is the 11 tribes' responsibility to take care of the Levites, the full-time ministers, and it's an honor to do so. So ask in your heart what you should give to furnish the house. I mean, a couch in Kenya is still about the same as a couch here. They, you know, they're about the minimum $2,000 for a couch. Well, there's many rooms in his house. There's all kinds of needs in his house. So I think several thousand dollars is appropriate for a three-story house, and uh, he deserves better than that. And uh, I'm not asking anyone to go into debt over this, but I'm asking Mm -hmm. people to, let's furnish his house. Let's raise several thousand and give him a nice furnished house where he can be refreshed with his family as he does full-time ministry, working 80-hour weeks. He works 80-hour weeks easily taking care of 13 full-time volunteers. We have 13 volunteers that are always around, always doing stuff on the property, in the studio, in the stadium, cleaning, farming, uh, taking care of the videos, doing editing. I mean, it's like a full-time staff of volunteers that Shadrach takes care of. It's like the biggest volunteer staff I've I've personally ever seen in any ministry. Yeah. I, I don't even see that kind of volunteer staff at Morningstar and, and Bethel. Yeah. Really, it's just humongous how much the Nairobi community has stepped in to volunteer thousands of hours a month for RLM Africa, Joel's Bar Africa, and the vision for Nairobi and for Kenya that they're all a part of building. And so I want all of the rest of us in Europe and Australia, New Zealand, America, to really step up and just sponsor the furniture of this Levite's house. Click any link in the description, any link this whole week, and we're going to furnish his house, and it's going to be a glorious testimony. Here's the links, too, if you want to give through Zelle or anything. And um, please give generously. Just remember the tribe of Levi and see a vision for your eternal tribe. Uh, if you're in business right now, for being a businessman for the Lord of glory, a businessman for building his heavenly temple, a businessman for what the kingdom is doing in your generation. And it's going to take 11 tribes of full-time businessmen to fuel the full-time ministers of the tribe of Levi as it's written in the book of Revelation. And so let all of that financial giving support and offerings ascend through the Son to the Father Himself, and let Him receive all your tithes and offerings and generous giving as an ascension offering through the Son to the very throne of God the Father in the city of Zion within the city of Jerusalem. In the name of Jesus Christ, 
Amen. Bless you guys. We will see you tomorrow. Amen.